<laughs> it's great to see you, Matt. I'm excited. This is it's. I took a break from mm. recording the podcast. It's been like a couple months actually, because I think my last episode came out around July, but that was previously recorded. I mean, that was recorded probably two months in advance. Yep. So it's been a while since I actually turned on this microphone, and I'm using the new Rodecaster that Rode I just saw, sent me. I saw. Thank you, Rode. With the dust cover. Yeah. With the dust cover. Very nice. It's actually really interesting. I love the design, and I love the um, the interface, how it looks. It's actually much smaller. I know I know you have the Rodecaster, the original one. I've got the original one, and when they said they were bringing yeah. one out, I thought, oh, my, because this thing's huge. And that's the, that's the huge, only yeah. thing with the Rodecaster, and you, you can see it in my video here, is it's a beautiful bit of kit, but it's obviously designed for a studio. Now, if you've got a small desk, it does take up a lot of real estate. And I thought they might bring one mm. out that was maybe a bit, bit bigger than a, like an Elgato Stream Deck, but smaller, yeah. much smaller than this. So it's nice to hear that they've shrunk it down, but I think they could have maybe even gone another third smaller. So like people mm. with smaller desks can, can kind of, you know, tuck them away and stuff. But yeah, amazing bit of tech. And you talked about not having podcasts for a long time. And I think mine's probably since I got this kit because I couldn't figure out how to use it. And I went on <laughs> an episode with my friend Jay and um, yeah, it completely screwed up. Audio screwed up. Levels were way off. And I just it kicked my confidence. And I was just like, yeah, mm. I'm going to mm. I'm going to cool it off for a bit. It happens. It happens. I mean, the first time I used my roadcaster, I had no idea what I was doing. Mm. Actually, I still don't know what I'm doing. And to that point, actually switching to the new one, I was a little bit hesitant because the first one was easier to use. Mm. I'll say that just because there's no digital. I mean, there is a digital screen, but everything was pretty much very simple, big buttons. Yeah. This is the setting and all that stuff. A lot of the settings have been moved to this interface, which is which is great. You actually get a lot more. For example, I like the addition of the um, like those arrow keys underneath the sound pads, like the um, yep. So that when you have custom pads, you don't have to go into settings to go to the next page. This one has, you can just toggle between two pages, which is great. Um, but it's a little confusing, to be honest. And it's definitely nowhere near as fast yeah. to boot as the first one. So that was kind of frustrating. I thought it was broken at first. Really? I'm like, why is it not starting up? Yeah, it takes a while, like a good while for it to, to actually boot up. So when I'm recording uh, a voiceover, for example, for one of my videos, I have to make sure to turn it on and you know just make sure it starts up and everything, it's connected to the computer before I start recording. Yeah. So that's one of my things. It's a little bit smaller. It looks nicer. Uh, I think it's, I shouldn't say it looks nicer because the original already looks nice. This looks more- Refined. Modern. Yeah, it's, round, it's rounded, isn't like it? That. Like rounded edges. Yes, yeah. But I think I think you what you were saying earlier, it would be great to have a smaller version of this. Like maybe instead of having four, um, what do you call this? Like the the, the things for the microphones, like my, my, the my XLRs, the plugs. Yeah, maybe make it two. You know what I mean? Like a mini roadcaster. That would be great. Yeah, or or even one and, and call one. it for streamers. You know, if it, if it, if it's not going to be yeah. a, a live podcast thing, just call it like the road light or something like that, where it's a single input mic cuts tons of room out of there maybe even get rid of the sound effects and just really kind of kind of dumb it down to like a really small size but that looks amazing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no i like that so road if you guys are listening i hope you guys this are. is like a road sponsored stream uh, by the way i've just noticed i've, I've it got, is, it is. Got the same headphones 
we've oh these are i love these, these. are great and i love these got the hat we've got obviously both got roadcaster pros this is yep. this is the the pro, the pro road show that's a mouthful mm-hmm. <laughs> we should change the title of the podcast yeah the pro road show <laughs> the pro road show <laughs> but yeah it's a i do love their products it's very simple mm. on i think the biggest surprise to me is how much you get for what you pay for yeah because um, these products are high quality. Like this, the headphones, I have a bunch of headphones mm. and these are my daily drivers right now. I was honestly expecting to pay maybe almost twice as much yeah. for the quality and the, uh, the, the, the build, um, the design even. It's just smart, it's wonderful. And I was surprised that they priced it that low. Mm. So whatever it is that Rode is doing, I mean, you guys keep doing that because yeah, I'm it happy. Well. <laughs> It's great, yeah. So let's uh, let's do a little bit of, um, um, I guess, checking in on each other. Yes. How you how how have you been since you started um, podcasting? And I know you said that you kind of gave yourself a little bit break. You felt like it's confidence was shot, basically. Yeah. So I mean, what's been happening since? It's then? been really busy on the content creation. It's like last couple of months have been crazy. There's been. Uh, well, I don't want to go into Instagram too much, but obviously since I stopped podcasting, Reels became a thing. So obviously short-form video has exploded on Instagram and um, my my account in the last couple of months, although the last month has gone really slow, um, it blew up over two months. I think I've gained about 45,000 followers in a, in, a month, Holy in a month and a half. I think I'm like 5,000 behind you, which seems absurd because I was like 40, 50K <laughs> behind you at one point. But um, yeah, it's been busy. So off the back of that comes a lot more collaborations and and kind of brand work. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just, you know, although the podcasting stopped, it kind of stopped at the right time because I just had so much other stuff to do. And don't forget, you know, still full time job, uh, dad of two, husband. So there's all the other stuff going on as well. But yeah, brand content creation has been insane. Um, and it's been good. You know, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed kind of learning the new medium of short form video. Um, despite my frustrations with Instagram and the algorithm, it, it has kind of developed, I guess, individual skills, which are good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think you probably were probably the same. You know, I've noticed that, you yeah. know, when you transitioned into Reels, it was kind of a slow process for both of us. And then you kind of find how to get your aesthetic or style into those videos and as you know just keep them short keep them sweet yeah and, um, i mean it's that's, a whole that's, nother metric it is it is i think that's the, that, that's the frustrating part because we've worked towards like finding that system mm. right that 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 workflow that system that we think works that feels good and that feels very much us and then the whole social media app just decides to change everything and that's what a lot of people are complaining about mm. and i miss the instagram photo sharing app yeah. because i love taking photos i'm not i'm not a videographer by any means i'm still a photographer that's who i am that's my my love my passion not to say i don't enjoy video but i do miss just sharing pictures because there's there's something about having just one photo that tells the story yeah. and i think it, it's it's there's the appreciation for for something that's simple and you know just just as is right yeah. instead of like right now for the video it's a very competitive space and it's you know so many good people out there edit videos mm. they um they direct videos the lighting is amazing they have the space the equipment 
Now, a lot of that, you couldn't, like you could kind of get away through photos, right? Like if you take a, f a photo of something, you can edit it, you can dress it up before even taking the photo, meaning put some lights and, you know, take yeah. it at a certain time of the day. But when it comes to short form video, well, there's a lot more that comes into play. But I mean, reality is it's, that's a problem. Like we don't own the app, mm. no matter how much work or, or art or content we put towards it, we don't own it. And that's, mm. I think the biggest frustration. So when they change it, we feel betrayed. We feel yeah. like, ah, you know, I've made you all that money and opportunity and now you're just making it hard for me. But I think to your point, since they're, they're pivoting to a different, basically a, uh, a format that competes with TikTok, yeah. then um, they're also encouraging that crazy shift in algorithm where people just find something, you know, find something and they just watch it. There is, there, there is something about it though that I'm, I'm still not comfortable. I mean, I'm happy with the way my reels performed, but I think, I think I just don't care so much about the followers anymore. No, I think because it's I think so, it's taken away yeah. that sort of metric. I think I think the big things with with video is um, it doesn't necessarily always translate quality to performance. So you know, I think we started off by mm -hmm. trying to do these. I know I certainly did do these really high production, forty second kind of lots of cuts, lots of transitions, good camera. Um, you know, because you have to do that with brand stuff. You can't get everything out in seven seconds. You need to do 30, 40 seconds with the brand. So, and I, and, and I still do with that stuff, but I appreciate that those aren't going to do as well as the ones which take seven to eight seconds. And they are either a simple pan, no cuts, just a simple pan with some trending music, um, you know, and they tend to do really, really well. But then in the last month, nothing's done well. I think the only thing that frustrates me, I don't mind video. I like video. What bothers me is the inconsistency with the way your uh, your work is shown uh, you know so you can have one video do six million and then the next one do eight thousand um and, <laughs> yeah. and that's when it's frustrating because you think you know i think over over yeah. that time when i grew by you know 30 odd thousand followers i thought i've cracked it i've cracked it and then july hit and they've changed something because everyone is saying over the last month their reach has dropped so something was changed and yeah, it's just dropped sure. off cliff. And although and I know I moan about consistency, at least now I'm getting consistent numbers. It's, you know, 8,000, 8,000, 8,000, 10,000, 8,000, which is not the 6 million that one that lasted six seconds got, but at least it's easier. To, if that is the new metric, then I'm, I can, I'm happy with that. I can track that. You know, if 8,000 is the new million, so be it. But it's when it goes up, down, mm -hmm. up, down, and you think, what was the difference between video A to video B? Um, mm -hmm. and often it's nothing. It's just potluck. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Potluck. And so I'm curious, I'm curious what you, how you approach this. Do you approach this as something that's like, like how, what's the strategy if you've come up with something? I think what's your, what's your strategy for I this? Th I think the thing I learned with reels is it's, is volume over quality. So I think it is about getting something out nearly every single day, if not more than once a day. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously trending music. And keeping it below 10 seconds at all costs, because as you know, people digest stuff and it has to be short. Um, if, it, if it's a trending theme, so there has to be a hook and then a punchline or something like that. Obviously, that helps a lot, especially if it's under eight seconds, because people will wait till the end of the video to see your reveal, if you like. 
So I had a big success in little reels like that. But the problem is there's only so many trends out there. And I, you know, I kind of nailed a few of them and you just spent hours looking through reels and you're not looking through reels for entertainment as a creator. You're looking through reels for ideas. Right. Mm -hmm. So you, you, that's actually you're looking at the audio yeah. and you're thinking, can I make that work in tech? Can I make it work in gaming? You know, this is a this is a sound or a trending uh, or a trend. Uh, but this is about motorbikes or it's about dads or whatever. And you're like, well, I can't do that because it's not my niche. So I spent ages going through the app, just quick swiping and looking for a trending audio, um, original, even better. And then thinking, how can I relate this back to tech gaming, you know, my setup in a funny way or with a hook or a, a punchline? Um, and it, you just spent hours just going through the app. You're not actually enjoying the content that you're looking at. You're just looking for your own inspiration. And that's what that's mm -hmm. what's changed a lot. With photos, like you said, it was a picture tells a thousand words. You look at it and you think, oh, I love the style of that. But you can get that gratification yeah. quite quickly when because you're you're seeing that in the people that you've chosen to follow. With reels, you're just seeing randoms from all across the mm -hmm. internet. There's no rhyme or reason. You're just scrolling through reels, and it's stranger, 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 and you're just there mm -hmm. in this kind of hunting ground of trying to find trending themes or audio. And it's it's kind of a bit mind numbing, as you say. I, I kind of come onto the app, and I I, I put a post on the other day, and I said, oh, look, I'm really sorry because. I know I'm not engaging because the thing with reels and the way Instagram is, it's made everyone completely self-obsessed. So mm -hmm. you're coming onto the app thinking, what can it do for me? You know, I need to find this, this next thing that's going to give me that next viral, you know, clip. Whereas we used to do it because we were working on our art or our skill or, you know, we just wanted to get a really beautiful f feed and have a theme and, you know, it was, a, it was a much more creative thing, I think, back in the day. Yeah, there's a there's a lot more in a weird way. There's a lot more creative freedom mm -hmm. because you're not restricted by the trending sound or whatever is trending, period. Yeah, you could just literally share. I mean, like for us, for example, we just started sharing pictures of our desks. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't really trending. It was just that's what we were. That was in line with what we did. Mm. And so people resonated, that resonated with people and they started following, but with, with reels, it's really hard. So I feel like, I feel like that, that whole hook with, with, with the trends, like the, the, the trending sound and everything was just to get creators to be active mm. in the app. But I honestly feel like it's slowly, I mean, you're right. It's not uh, mind numbing. It's, <laughs> I don't look at reels to be honest with you. The only time I open up reels is to look for a music that I think in my head would fit mm. the content that I wanted to create. And the reason I do that is because yes, it's, it's, if it's trending, it's great. It's, it's, um, it's easier to look for music when it's already available in the app, but I don't really care for the, the other reels, which is unfortunate. You're right. Like it, there's a huge disconnect now between creators and the, the app that they use to create things. Yeah. And with that disconnect, the problem comes the, uh, the the lack of engagement. Mm -hmm. Like I'm so tired of Instagram that as soon as I post something, I just leave it alone. I'll just come back to it later and you know answer comments because it's so fast now. Yeah. You can't sit in a post 
and enjoy it and kind of absorb it because mm -hmm. it used to be just a photo. You can flip through the carousel and you know take your time. But now it's a it's a an endless loop of reels. It's like no one wants that open. It's very saturated. Right? Like, at least I don't want it. It's open. very saturated. Because yes. the thing and is, so if you're doing a reel every day and it's in the same room, there's only kind of so many ways to skin a cat. That's another old expression there. Yeah. There's only so many ways to skin yeah. a cat. So, you know, <laughs> one, once you've seen the same person post 25 reels that month about their setup, and I'm massively, you know, guilty. I'm not saying, you know, I'm better or that sort of thing. I'm saying I do the same thing. Is we all, right, I need to do a reel today. Seven seconds. What should I do? Pan my PC, pan my desk, this angle, that angle. But you're not actually giving any value. You're not giving anything yeah. in those like you said when you're doing photography it might be product focused or it might be about there might be a story behind the photo and you spend your time typing up a really nice long kind of story which people read and then tie that in but with reels do people read the description so here's an interesting thing okay so um i don't know if you follow the chris doe on instagram mm -hmm. he is a creative thinker yep. he's a entrepreneur and everything right so just recently he posted i think it's on twitter or something and he was saying did the instagram gods just punish me because his post that normally would get hundreds of thousands of views or likes got like 53 yeah <laughs> or something like that and what he did was he posted a picture and the problem was since the algorithm the algorithm was favoring um video format it definitely did not push his picture out there to the explore page or to his followers, yeah. which is very unfortunate because he has a lot of followers. Yeah, yeah. And so what he did, it's really interesting. What he did is he took <laughs> the same format, which is basically a photo of, of his, whatever it is, the text that he usually writes yeah. out, but posted it as a video. So it's a video. You can see the counter at the bottom, but it's a static photo. But it's in video format, so that now the algorithm thinks it's still a video. Yeah. So it manages to still push it out there. But the people who already know him, who already see him, now now they can see his content because it's in video format. And when they see it, they stop to read it, right? So he, again, once again, found his audience and the people who normally would like that stuff. And so they would stop to watch it. But I think it's the silliest thing to have to be to have to be forced to create video. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're, it's, it's literally a photo, but you have to save it in a video format oh, nice. just so people can find it, yeah. right? Just so people can see it. But again, that, that goes back to the whole, we don't own the app. We don't own, mm. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the Instagram algorithm is only concerned with how many people are using it, how long they're using it, mm. and so that they can target their ads and you know just generate revenue well, like that interesting way. thing that the um the ceo said was you know there's been a seismic shift towards video and that's the trend we need to jump with and i commented on that post and said you know the reason that people are making a seismic shift to video is because it's the only format which is which is acknowledged and represented on instagram right now with engagement reach etc I, I think if if you thought there was a chance of getting three hundred thousand likes on a photo and it, and it happened you would keep posting photos, right? But mm -hmm. as we know, photos just don't get seen at the moment. So it's not so much that people want to create video, 
or there is a big shift towards they video. They forced to. It's because they're forced to. And I said, if you know, if you if you represented photography and photos as much as you have reels for the last six months, it's you that are driving the people going towards video. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You've said we're going to focus on video. People post photos. It doesn't get seen like the Chris Howe. You know, it's it's not seen. So then they um, post a video and it does get seen. So then they keep making video. So th that's why people make video. It's not because they want to. It's not yeah. because they, they find yeah. it really satisfying. You know, it is because that's the only way for their account to be seen by new people and to grow. So there we are. And it's all TikTok's fault, to be honest, mm. just because they're dominating this market so yeah. much. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but you know what? You know, it's interesting, though. I, I know that there is a, to me in my head, there's a clear difference between a TikTok video and an Instagram video. Mm. So I think TikTok is really most mostly about the raw footage. People prefer the unfiltered um, look. So I mean, it's can. literally just your phone. Yeah, exactly. As simple as possible because there's the connection there. And I think that's why it got traction so much in the beginning because yeah. suddenly people used to follow are just regular people yeah. now. And you are able to, to relate with them, right? So Instagram Reels still has that aesthetic built into it, right? Like it has to look nice. It has to sound nice. There has to be like, um, it's even shorter than TikTok in a way that there's a hook and there's like a, a, like a, a before and after, basically. Yeah. That's what it is. Because it's so weird because Instagram is still dominated by photographers. Mm. And so the reels that you see, at least for me, the ones that I've been seeing are all photographers just converting their their photos into video this is the before and this is the after oh, tons of that and the interest you're obviously you're yeah, obviously not seeing my explore page michael <laughs> i have i have a very mixed <laughs> yeah maybe explore page compared to maybe you. mine is just very uh concentrated to that type mm. of content so maybe i should start exploring more but then again like i said it's very taxing mm. to stay on instagram right now it is. and i don't want to do that i don't want to do that like honestly i that's why i think i prefer to post more in my stories because i get to interact with my audience i like stories. And i like that that's I what like i stories. miss i like, yeah, stories I like a lot. stories the funny thing is when brands say you know can we see your story metrics from the last 30 days i was like well six of those was me drunk and <laughs> Just, just, <laughs> just posting stuff with my friends. You really want to see my story metrics? Because I don't post in stories really for that. Yes, if I'm following up a, a brand post with a with a share to story and a link or whatever. But I, I like stories because it's a chance to, because they disappear within 24 hours, not focus on the shiny stuff all the time. And, you know, yeah. raw yeah. a raw picture, un, un kind of edited room shot or video to show the real behind the scenes. It's behind the scenes stuff, really. It's behind the character, mm -hmm. you know, uh, your persona. Mm -hmm. So I really like stories for that. Yeah, me too. And I think um, this goes back to the whole, like, what's the strategy? Like, what are we doing moving forward? And honestly, to you, <laughs> this is going to be, this is going to be really funny, but I think I have a goal now to be the slowest growing Instagrammer because I, everyone's like, like sailing past me and it's, that's fine. Like I actually, you know, I'm so happy for those people. Mm. Um, uh, you included, like, I hope you, you keep on growing, but I'm on a quest right now to find a way to connect more with my audience. Cause frankly, I don't need a bigger audience. No. I, it would be nice to have it. What I need is better engagement, yeah. a better connection. And again, with the way the app is stru structured right now, I'm not encouraged to engage with yeah. them. It's hard to engage with the audience that are, you're training to be, 
to have such a fast um, or short attention span because yeah. that's what reels is doing it's teaching you to have such an a short attention span yeah. and remember like most of the stuff or most of the people that are joining this app are still younger and so this is the younger generation who's already grown up you know watching short form video mm. and you know just it's just crazy because later on if i if i continue down this path i feel like my content is just going to be an empty shell of who i used to be yeah. and i definitely don't want that yeah and so i'm trying to find ways to kind of break break the break the grid i like doing that i like just doing something that's against what um what's conventional but i haven't found that no. yet so maybe i'll wait a little bit to see how the app evolves and i'm sure i'm already looking for another app that just focuses slowly on photos i mean solely on photos and it's just um it's hard it's to get hard anything to, to start i wouldn't like to start anything from zero these days even my own account like yeah. i wouldn't want to start instagram yeah. from zero i wouldn't want to start on another yeah. app from zero i think the thing is you know we have poured our heart and soul into this over the last few years and I, I, you know, at 43 years old, I've kind of got where I want to, you know, you talked about not wanting to grow anymore. I kind of, I think that's the only thing that keeps me sane is the fact I don't need to grow anymore. You know, beyond when you kind of get up to this sort of level, I don't think there's much difference between 70K and 150K. I don't, I don't think there's any more that numbers can bring you. But it's very dissatisfying, the lack of engagement. Like I, I put a post up and is like six to 10 comments. And mm -hmm. you just feel like you're posting it to no one. You're just posting it to that metric of views. I don't even look at likes anymore. Yeah. Like I used to look at likes on photos and I, I don't really look at likes on videos. It's not something I look at, it's plays. No, you're looking, I'm at, looking views, at views yeah. and plays. Um, and that is the, that's the metric that I think we're all now driven by. Whereas when it was photos, it was likes because you had no other metric. Um, yeah with videos it's plays and, and that that is the thing that drives you so yeah when it gets a lot of plays you get more followers you and, and in fairness I, I will say i have had a lot of new followers that have engaged and dm'd me to say really love your, your content and stuff and, and it's those little yeah. comments which are like ah it is actually reaching people these are new people yeah they are they are kind of reaching out a lot of them will be like uh, now i need 17 bits of advice on how to do my own setup i'm like i don't have time i'm so tired <laughs> i literally like I've just come on to post something I'm, I'm now trying to get the kids to sleep but you know but that is nice mm. i would rather that than the alternative of you know people just trolling and stuff like that because when you do get these big reels oh my god you do get some comments um oh yeah definitely oh, yeah. definitely That's... toughened up i think when i first got my first big reel that went up to like four point something million that's a lot. Yeah, there was a <laughs> lot. Crazy. There was a lot of crazy comments on that, and then I had another one, and you know, uh, and as soon as people see a gaming setup and it's a big number behind it and stuff, they just suddenly th think they own you and can say what they like at carte blanche. And um, in the end, I just learned to just delete them and move on, rather than I'd, I'd yeah. get into fights on the app. And I'm thinking that's not what I want to come <laughs> onto the app to do is to to try and have a, yeah. a rebuke to every single negative comment. So. It, it has toughened me up. I definitely, the, you know, a few reels going big has been good for me in so much that it's allowed me to toughen up. But it's sad that you have to go through that process. Um, and I yeah. definitely can see how younger, more impressionable people are. Like, I always used to go, ah, it's just the internet. You know, going back five, ten years before Instagram, I was just like, well, if someone's bullying you on the internet, you just come off the internet. 
And mm-hmm. now having mm-hmm. been through that myself, even as an older guy, I can see it it definitely affects you. It affects your day. It affects a few days when you yes, that, that yeah. one comment that came through and could be really, really kind of toxic and negative and it sticks with you, you know, and the the, the yeah. fifty good comments that you had just going, nice setup, really love your setup, you know, love what you're doing, etc. They just go straight over your head. But that one yeah. guy that said XYZ, you you kind of like hyper focus on it, you know, and it's even worse mm-hmm. if you respond to it and you get into a back and forth. So yeah, I think that does worry me maybe with my girls in they are very yeah. sensitive and how they're going to, you know, be exposed to all of that. But I do yeah. see that almost by exposing yourself to it, you can toughen up to it. So it's almost that kind of given a little bit of freedom there to experience it, to then be able to overcome it. Cause you can't wrap your kids in cotton wool forever. No, no. I think the important thing would be, at least for me, would be the having the ability to desert, discern what are the real ones and what are not. Yeah. And when I say real ones, anything that's on the internet, is I, I don't consider real. Mm. I mean, you know, not obviously black and white, but I'm just saying all these comments that are criticizing me, I don't consider those as as real mm. because they're only seeing not even, a, not even 1% of who I am. No. They're literally just basing my entire... Um, persona personality my 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 just me being me out of that one post like this is actually really funny so the most ruthless comments i've ever gotten was from a uh boosted post on facebook so a brand decided that they wanted to use one of my content for their marketing and i approved it and so we had a deal going on okay so this is the deal okay sure enough that's great. And I approved it. They approved it, everything. So they used that content to, to boost their their marketing yep. or their, their their advertising. And I got a lot of really, really mean comments and like much more, just much worse yeah. than what I would normally get from YouTube because it's on Facebook. And the demographic on Facebook is definitely older. Yep. So you can see the comments are much more intelligently written i know it sounds very uh, it doesn't sound right to say they use the word intelligent and facebook in one sentence but they're not kids is what my point is so they start to try to tear me apart from that one post and it was such a simple post it's so funny though because it's like this is where discerning is very important Mm -hmm. okay so the post was pretty much about a product that i thought could help um clean up your desk, right? Your, and so I said, and this, I went back and forth with the company with this one, and I wanted to see how they wanted this to be represented. And so the photos that I, that I had was set on my wife's desk, right? And if you look back at the story of that whole desk, I have a video, an entire video on it, where I surprised her with this home office makeover. And it was out, it was out of the, you know, the, the, my love for Mm. her. Right. I did it because I loved her and she loved it. It was for the family. It was great. Everyone is happy, period. But apparently the internet doesn't believe no. that. And I've, I've it's all fake. You know, decided that, okay, yeah, it's all fake. That, that's fine. They don't believe it, then that's fine. But the truth is, you know, that product, I'm using it on her desk. And the way I wrote the caption was like, never thought that this product could help, but 
you know, after fixing my wife's desk, and she's really happy that she didn't have, she doesn't have to find all these other stuff that's scattered just because um, um, it's organized. So it's a nice gesture, mm. right? My wife appreciates it for sure. But all the comments were like, that's so, um, can you be any more misogynistic or stuff like that? And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. And like, let me read that again. And people are arguing yeah. in the comments. They're like, why don't you just leave her alone? Like, and, and it's funny because I can read these comments because my name is is a part of that boost. Yeah, so I've had any that as well on Facebook. Comments, but yeah, and so this is this is where, uh, going back to what I was saying, like this is where discerning is, is very important. That can definitely affect me, right? Mm. That can be like, oh, maybe I am a terrible person for doing this. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't be doing yeah. this. Maybe I should just leave my wife alone. Like whatever happened to like the the whole, um, you know, just doing just doing something nice for someone else, right? That was the whole point of that post. But everyone was commenting like with such very 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 terrible like um, comments. Let's just put it yeah. that way. I showed it to my wife, and she started laughing. She's like, "Why do they think like Why do they feel that way? Why do they think that it's well?" Some people go straight the to the negative. Like, they do. They go straight to the negative. Exactly. And the thing is, what you'll find a lot of the time, and this is more back on Instagram, but I, I started to see a pattern. It was the pattern that actually made me feel better because when you start to go into the accounts that make the comments, ninety nine times out of a hundred, they are a private account, so you can't see their own content, or they have very little or no posts. Or even no profile yeah. picture. So or a picture of a cat or a dog or something like that. They, <laughs> they completely disassociate themselves with an actual exactly. person or persona. And when you start exactly. to see that pattern, you go, oh, it's another gray face or oh, it's another cat. But cat see, that's pose. the thing, though. That's the thing. I didn't even want to spend enough time or energy to try to make myself feel better by mm. saying, oh, because they're actually they actually don't care about their own. Mm. The point that I was trying to make is basically the moment my wife said, why are they saying that? And that's not true. That was enough for yeah. me because the gesture was genuine between me and my mm. wife and she knows the whole story and that's all that mattered to yeah. me. So anything that the internet was saying that I was being mean to my wife or whatever it is, is not true. So they can say whatever they want to say. I know the real story. My wife knows the real story. We're happy. That's all that matters. End of the day, Michael, because, that's because we post tech, we're virgins, so we, we clearly don't have wives. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's one, one, of, one, of most common, one of the most common ones. <laughs> so anyway, outside of Instagram, Michael, what's been going on? Yeah. How's life? Oh, man. Uh, that, that wasn't a positive start. It's been busy. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's, been, it's been a tough few months, to be honest with you. So... Aside from COVID, you know, COVID ran through my entire family. Oh, really? Did you get it? Um, yeah, I, I got it. Uh, my it my son, who is three, no, no, four, got it twice. Oh, wow. So yeah, and it was it was really hard. Actually, you know what? I'm very thankful because to the kids, um, it was okay. It wasn't too bad. Uh, my daughter got it, and it's like one day, and she she bounced back to normal. Yeah. Which for any parent, that's like. That's all you want, like for them to be okay. Yeah. I'm a little bit more resilient when it comes to like getting sick and stuff like yeah. that. So to me, it felt like a little bit of a, it, it's a little worse than a cold. Um, and it definitely lingered longer. My wife was out for a few days for sure. Um, my daughter was, was, you know, was sick for maybe two days. My son, maybe four days. And so that one, that that's what worried me the most, but we're all vaccinated. I just got my kid my son, they just approved it, vaccinated. I'm so happy for that. Yeah. 
because as a parent, I'm just really happy that that they're 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 fine, right? So that's mm. all I care about. And so after that, um, I basically had to play catch up again yep. with all the content that I needed to to do. And I had a couple of like agreements that because of the the shipping issues through, I mean, because of the pandemic, yeah. um, they're still catching up. And so I've created content for them, but they couldn't approve it to to go live. And I'm like, wait, you you literally told me to spend time and effort and resources to create this, but I can't post it because you can't, on the, you can't on the sell any. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, that puts me in a bind because in our agreement, um, I have uh, an affiliate link, yep. right? And this is where I learned that hard lesson that affiliate links are not payments. No, I don't. I don't so like this them. was. I'm I, not going to lie. I'm not a big no, fan of affiliate. I, I will pick and choose them carefully, and the ones that I choose are not done to make money. Well, they never. I, I never do them to make money because you never make money from them. <laughs> Quite simply, you know, my experience of it, unless you. I, I see these guys on, on TikTok that sell like, you know, promote these water bottles that are like 99p. And, and I'm sure millions of people buy those. So if they're making 1p a bottle, they've done very, very well. But I think when you're selling one product, you get two two purchases. Uh, you know, wh- most recently I worked with um, Dwarf Caps. Um, mm-hmm. And I absolutely love this. I got my little keyboard here. You probably can't see it, but there's a little Velociraptor keycap here i absolutely love dwarf caps products and um i was just happy to get one to be honest with you but they said you know use this code and um if people buy it you get a commission and all that's like yeah yeah cool that's fine i'll do that anyway i don't i'm not doing it for that i'm doing it because i absolutely love the keycap and i think i sold five of them um so i was like is that good is that not good i mean they're 50 quid a pop so that you know that's still 250 quids worth of sales or dollars or whatever they trade in so I, I kind of feel, well, oh, they've done all right from that. It's not amazing. But I think I made like £7.50. You know, like, what's that, $9, mm-hmm. $10, yeah. something like that. So it's just like, yeah, I'm not fussed. You can, you can, you can keep that. I, you know, I, I, di- I didn't do it for that reason. But, you know, unless you're shifting serious amounts, you will never make money on affiliate schemes. And I think it, it takes you doing this for a long time to uh, kind of appreciate that. Because I think when you start out, you're like, yeah, collab, going to make money, going to make affiliate money. Mm-hmm. I'm going to generate sales. And it becomes it becomes very one-sided. That is very, yeah. it's very beneficial to the brand, which is why they always offer affiliate schemes. But I'll, I'll be yeah. honest, they don't excite mm-hmm. me in the slightest. I don't do it for that reason. I would rather get paid a one-off and walk away. You know, I'm still going to. I'm still going to deliver you the same product. Understand. You know, I'm yeah. still going to deliver you the same, the same quality reel or photo or carousel or whatever you want that you can use and put on your website, all that stuff. So you win. You've got the content. That's what you came to me for. Obviously, the affiliate schemes for you are great because they generate you sales, but not a lot. But when you kind of break that back to five percent of something or two percent of something, it's never going to pay the way. So. My question to you, Matt, is why did you agree to an affiliate? I think the ones that I tend to agree to will be brands that I believe in. So I don't mind them being on Mm -hmm. my profile for a long period of time. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I've got to like the product. And I don't like to sign up to affiliate schemes before trying a product. Uh, You know, I I, I had one today in my DM saying, we want to send you something out. And I'm like, yeah, it looks pretty cool. Um, I looked on their Instagram page. Mm -hmm. They had zero posts. 
And that's that's a bit of a red flag for me straight away because that means they're a startup, yeah. which means, <laughs> you know, they're relying on you to kind of get going. And the problem with that is in six months' time, they probably won't be there anymore because uh, I've, I've had yeah. that experience. Uh, there's a wallet company, yeah. um, and I've still got the wallet in my pocket. It's literally on its last legs. It's one of these kind of like slim metal wallets with a little elastic band around it. Ah, uh, yeah. And um, the elastic those. band is hanging on <laughs> by a thread. But I know as soon as that snaps, that is gone because they don't exist anymore. Bye-bye. Exactly. They don't exist yeah. anymore. Now, that was an affiliate one. But obviously, they weren't big enough to survive. And my two sales that I got them was never going to keep them afloat. So I think I prefer mm-hmm. to do as affiliate schemes with brands that are established, that aren't going to go anywhere, because you want to kind of have that long burn you know, where you, you might yeah. get something over two years, you might sell five products or something if they're more expensive. Yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah. every starter brand goes in with an affiliate scheme. And it's kind of, for me, it's dangerous waters for that reason. That Why do you think, <clears throat> why do you think startup brands go for affiliates right away? I, I think they perceive it as a potential business boost to them. Mm-hmm. And, and I get it. If you're not, if you're not, um, if you're not rich in stock or capital that you can start paying good creators to make content for you with big audiences and you go for the smaller creators who don't want, you know, don't mind not getting paid. They're happy with the free product and they are going to promote the hell out of your product because they're really excited. I remember what I was like the first time I got an affiliate scheme. I thought I'd won the lottery. You know, when I, when I first (laughs) got a brand that I'd heard of and I'm not talking about a random brand that, you know, was, literally made up yesterday like it was like you know a recognized uk clothing label or something Mm -hmm. when i got that kind of collaboration at like two thousand followers i was like i've made it i'm gonna promote them on every single story and there's that enthusiasm i think is a smaller creator that i think they like and they feed off is that enthusiasm where people are willing to work for very little return but I think as you get bigger, mm-hmm. your time gets more squeezed and you can see through that a lot easier. And it's not exciting in the slightest. Not at all. Not at all. So a couple of things, actually. First of all, I don't take affiliates as payments. Nice. So anytime someone approaches me and says, we would like to pay you in affiliates. Yep. So the more sales you generate, that's an absolute it's no. Not a payment. Because the reason why not even just startups, like companies in general, prefer to do affiliates is because that's the cheapest form of advertising and marketing. Literally, the only budget... They only pay you if you sell. Yeah, exactly. And the only budget that they have for marketing is literally the cost of their own products, the retail cost of their products. So say they're they're, they're manufacturing a product that costs $5. And they pay you ten percent of uh, of of that five dollars. I mean, if if the sale if the the cost is five bucks and they're selling it for thirty bucks, and they pay pay you ten percent. Most of it still goes to them, and like they didn't have to do the legwork. So that's an absolute no. That's why I don't like affi- affiliates as payments. They they are not forms of payments. Free product is not a payment. Again, there's no such thing as a free product. No. 
if you have to promote it, that is not a free product. No, you, you, free you posted that the other means, day. And it's, if, if free yeah, means free no Free means no you're catch. not supposed to do anything. No obligation, no catch. Exactly. Like when someone says, yeah. I think I think the best brand I've worked with, and I'll name drop here, is, is the chair I'm sitting in, a Razor. And, and equally Rode, to be fair, neither yeah. of them actually said they wanted anything. They said, if you want to take some photos, send us the links. Um, but just yes. enjoy the product, you know, and yes. they know that's a different way. Yeah. That's a different, very different way of doing marketing. And I have a good relationship with is it's, it's very brave, brave because they know you're going to get that kind of real appreciation of doing me wrong. They're, they're premiums. You know that it's expensive. So you think, damn, they've just trusted me with having something with wanting nothing in return. So naturally mm-hmm. you want to reward that kind of faith. So you end up and not doing only more that, work like, for them. It actually, yeah, it actually goes beyond that. Like, for example, they're basically supporting creators. Yeah. Right? Without them, to be honest with you, I wouldn't be able to, to make this podcast yep. the way it is. So that, that constant growth for me is also helping them. So it's almost like um, a, a moment where you, you, you just partner and say, hey, let's help each other grow. Yeah. If you can agree that we'll send you some products that you can grow your podcast, because that is the original intention. And I can grow it however I want. I can work with anyone else that I want. I can promote other products. I can do everything that I want to do with my own platform, right? With my own um, account. Then that's Mm. great because I'm also promoting them. And so it's a win-win for us. So there are very various ways of collaborating that, that, that can be beneficial, like genuinely beneficial. And it's beyond just my own personal experience. It's like, how do I scale this, right? Like for example, that yeah, Rode is a very special example because without them, I definitely wouldn't be able to, um, uh, you know, elevate the quality of my podcast, yeah. of the sound of my videos without them. And that was very, very helpful for me. So I'm always happy to work with them. You know, the deals, the deals is always gonna change, you know, depending on the deliverables, the agreement, and that's okay. You know, that's the point is, I think we have a good relationship yeah. now. But a lot of the a lot of the brands that approach you for the first time, they always think that they can just get away with the same thing. Oh, our products are good, you're gonna enjoy it. Like, okay, I may enjoy it, but how is that gonna help yeah. me? How is that gonna scale what I'm doing? Because this is, this what I'm doing is a business. If, if I'm not making any money doing this, why the hell am I doing? Why the hell am I spending so much time and effort doing yeah. this? Right. That's that's always going to be the argument. And so, maybe, just maybe, we should stop worrying about what they need to worry about. So, if they approach us and say we only have the budget for this, then say I'm sorry, I can't do that. Yeah. I don't accept affiliate links. And we can always go about this in the most respectful yeah. manner, right? Because it's always about relationships, right? I don't, I don't. When someone approaches me, I don't, I'm not automatically rude to them because I've learned from a couple of other like great teachers that this is an opportunity for us to actually educate mm. them, right? So when a brand, they start, usually it's just one or two people <laughs> that, that owns that company yeah. and they just start a brand, they source out the products and they rebrand it and they sell it, right? But they don't have the capital for marketing, so they just send free products yeah. to influencers, which is great. That's the cheapest way to market the 100%. product. And that's okay. So that's the only way that they know. So when they approach someone like me, for example, and say, can you share this to your feed? Can you share this to your audience? I'm like, well, first of all, um, I want to see if that product is actually great. Second is, do you have a budget? 
that's um, that you've set aside for this collaboration because this is my space. You don't just go to an to a store like any yeah. retail store that you can think of and say, "Here's my product, promote it for it for for me for free." Yeah, and then uh, I'll give you a cut of the sales. That is never gonna mm. work because I've worked really hard to earn the trust of my audience. The least that I can do is be that guard in front of them to make sure that no trash gets between me and my audience. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, if you want to approach my audience, I have to make sure that you are legit, that you are good, and that we benefit from it because I can't grow this if I don't get, you know, if I don't get paid, that's just really what it yeah. is, right? You can't, you can't scale it. It's not beneficial to me. So creators, I, I know, I, I, I suddenly got into this whole thing, but I get so passionate about this because I get really frustrated yeah. when, um, when brands do this and they think that they, they, they can kind of muscle their way into the smaller creators. And I promise you, I promise you this, 99% of the brands out there are not bad. They just sound like it because we feel like we're always attacked. Yeah. We feel like they're only paying us this much. Well, yes, because that's what we agreed to when we were smaller mm. and younger and newer. So if we start to say no to that in a respectful way, we don't even have to say no. We can kind of just pivot and say, how about this? If you want some pictures, I can add in some stories. I can add some videos. Yeah. But if you want me to do that, let's agree on a um, on a price first. Because yeah. I'm obviously working at this point. So why not agree I mean, numbers to, definitely uh, help that I can this. create content? I mean, up until really the last few months, um, I, mm -hmm. I think I think smaller creators are in that quandary of if I don't get the product, someone else will, and then I don't have the content to create to then kind of build up that portfolio, if you like, so then other brands can recognize me. And it is it is a tough one. I mean, for for many years, I, I didn't yeah. receive a payment on anything, mm -hmm. um, and it's only really in the last six months that I feel I can cherry pick a bit more and go, yes, no, yes, no, this is my rate don't hear back fine yeah i've got enough yeah. work to keep me busy for two months 70 percent of it probably is Here's still free you know the, the, if, if it's I'm, a cool I'm product i'm still not I'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna cut off my nose to spite my face and say you must pay me for that if for example it's a 700 pound gaming chair mm -hmm. so it's finding a balance i think as a smaller creator it's very very hard to turn down free stuff but my Matt, Matt, you're not a small creator. No, but I was once. You're not a small. I think I think that's yes, the thing is, yes, you know, but you're in, not in those earlier days. It was just gimme, 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 and I, you know, you yes, you yes. on on uh, product post day, you'd have about twenty five, thirty creators, all small creators, posting the same product, and everyone was just like. And how did that make you feel? Well, how did that make you I, feel? I think though? it was like I'm one of the cool kids, but then equally like ah, everyone got this. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm not special, but, but I think the thing is, I think it, it is, you've kind of got to go through that process of, right, well, I'm using it to, to improve my skills and to develop my content creation. Because the thing is we are content creators. We're not salesmen. And, and, and that's the thing. Like I, I know for you, you, you're probably more a full-time content creator. This is your living. Whereas for me, I, I do a, you know, a 50 hour week at work, which is completely away from content creation. So, you know, for me, when it starts to get really stressful, it is very consuming mentally. So, you know, you've had, you've had yeah. a long day at work, you get home at six, and as you know, then it's the kids for the next two hours. 
dinner, bedtimes, bath, <laughs> you know, the rest of it. And then you're like, okay, now I've got three deadlines to meet by next week. And, you know, that that's when non-paid jobs start to really go down in your priority list. And you think, I yeah. don't need so to post I, that. I, I have a challenge for you. I have a question that I want to I want to ask you. And this is like a challenge question. Ooh, go on, if um if you if you had like three of those products that you had to promote, but you were getting paid a lot of money doing mm. that, how would that change things when you come home from a 50-hour work week and you have to play with the kids and you're tired, dead ass tired, and you want you just want to drink uh, your wine or your beer, whatever beer today. it is. We did say, we did say game. beer today. Beer. I yeah, yeah, I, I got my coffee because nice. it's a... It's, Right after yep. lunch, so I, I need to uh, the little pick me up. <laughs> but how would that change? Th- <laughs> how would that change things? How would that make you feel? Would you be more energized? Would you be more excited to work well, on th- something if you know that you're? I think paid? I've had some recently. I mean, I've got I've got some really big ones going through at the moment, and I, I probably overcommitted on one of them where they wanted too many things, and I've kind of run out. I'm halfway through. They wanted eight reels and sixteen stories, but it's a good payment. Um, but the problem is, Matt, the products. Let me There's tell you something so really quick. Say. <laughs> Go on. Matt, let me tell you something really quick. If they're asking you to make create reels and a couple of how many other, let me put it this way. I hope you're getting paid a few months worth of your salary, of your of your, your usual pay from work. That's a lot. It's a lot of content. Sadly, not. Sadly, That's not. Well, a lot this, this, of content. This is this is the the crux of it as well. You know, you know, I work in property and and I've worked my way up to partner now, so, you know, I have a good income from that. It's you know, it's taken a long time. Forty three years old now. It's not you know, I'm not a young whippersnapper anymore. But it's taken a long time to get there. And what are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> and, and I think the thing is, if I was, if I was, in my early years of a career or not even in a career just in a job you know just a job normal job working in a shop like i was for my most of my 20s i probably would be able to walk away a bit easier from that and try and make a living off this but i think the thing is because i'm so advanced in my kind of years and my career is such a big gap between what brands want to pay and what i make guaranteed for a living Uh, no that's actually my point that's exactly my point you don't have to quit your day job so what i'm trying to say is that if you have a busy life and you want to promote on the side no one is telling you that you need to charge less or very very little as a matter of fact for me if what's important to me is my time in my personal life and my even even my own work if someone wants me to create something for this thing that I am less passionate about, maybe, just for example, then I am charging them a premium because you have to make it attractive enough for me to actually put in the work. Mm. You know what I mean? So that's how I would frame it. That's how I would frame it. It's like, so just the whole point of this, the whole point I'm giving this perspective is because as creators, we hate working on something if we feel like it's not worth our effort, our time. This, the exchange here is time and effort. Yeah. That's something that is very personal. You can never get yeah. back. So it only makes sense that if the investment is going to make up for that time lost. Because if the investment is, is good enough, 
that I can live off of it for a little bit. Like, let's say I want to post once a month, right? Once a month. Okay, once a month. Then maybe if the price is just enough for me to be like, okay, this is, this is good. I can do this once a month. Your content is going to change. Your, your viewpoint is going to change. Your content is just going to improve. And the engagement that you get from the audience is just going to be better. Yeah. So I think, I think instead of like thinking that, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a small creator or maybe I don't, I need to practice. No, Matt, like you've earned the trust of your audience and guess who, who didn't earn the trust of your audience, the brand. Mm. That's why they're paying you. That's why they're approaching you because they're asking for your permission to access your audience. Yeah. So it's your job to take care of, our, of your audience and say, wait a minute, before you say anything to them, I have to make sure that you're good. And if you're not willing to pay creators to create content for you to represent your brand, then maybe it's not a good fit. But again, this is a very, that's a very um, drastic mm. way of painting it. Most of the time, 99% of the time, they're very easy to talk to. It's just the understanding yeah. is, is um, we're, we're, what we're trying to break down here is how do we understand each other? So I don't want to, uh, I don't want to dwell on this topic because we've we'll, clearly we'll, created we'll, this episode into exactly. that. We'll finish but on I this will... one with that topic then. Do you know what my last two jobs paid for? What's that? A tow bar on my car. How glamorous is what? that? So my, my car doesn't have a tow bar. My old car had a tow bar. Um, so we booked it in like three months ago and I was like, ah, yeah, I'll save for it. I'll save for it. It's fine. I think it was £345 for this tow bar. And I was like, yeah, I'll just save yeah. for it. It's fine. It's not, it's not It's not. a lot of money. It's not a little money. It's not a lot of money. Um, and I didn't save for it. I didn't save for it at all. I never <laughs> I never save for anything like that. I spend <laughs> on other stuff. And um, yeah, like the two jobs that came in last week paid very quickly. And literally all of the money I got from the two jobs went, paid off a tow bar. So that, you know, sometimes it's those sort of things where real life, you know, by mm -hmm. do, this is my hobby. And by doing my hobby and by doing my hobby well, Someone has given me money, which I've then able to spend on other stuff in the real world, which I would have had to spend out of my own pocket. And, and it's canceled it out. So that bill that I was going to put on a credit card or whatever is paid for it. Now, oh, that, I lost for that. me, that's, like, that's brilliant. So I see Instagram at the moment as every payment is pocket money. Pocket mm -hmm. money. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's either luxuries or you put towards a holiday or pay off for a tow bar. Uh, but I didn't, yeah, I, I, mean, I, that's didn't great. I didn't it, have to use my yeah. salary. I didn't have to use my real money for that, which means that money goes further. I can buy the kids more shit. We can go to more places. You know, I can go to the zoo today and not think twice about, you know, buying ice creams and lunch and all that sort of stuff because, you know, those little jobs that came in from Instagram have supplemented your income. And I think is as long as that's I great. Think, I think if you uh, that's the position I'm in right now that it's never going to be. And if you're happy in that position, that is absolutely great. Yeah. And that is absolutely Because the fine. thing is, it's yeah. not consistent That's enough. I think the thing is with, with and I, I don't know if this is a UK thing, because when I speak to a lot of UK creators, we don't feel like we're paid enough. I, I think it's still a bit of a stigma in the UK. I, I think America is maybe a little bit more professionalized around the whole in, you know, influencer network. I think in the UK, it still, it still feels like quite a new thing. If you're not a celebrity, then you're not really respected as a content that, creator. That's okay. I mean, advertising is changing mm. and I've seen it firsthand. Yeah. Advertising is changing. 
there's no way that you know the rest of the world cannot um they, they, there's just no way that people can deny mm. the fact how adverti- advertising has changed and so it's it, it's turned into this content creation machine this this testimonial type of mm. ad and really it's our job to 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 um educate the industry because no one wrote the book of how this is supposed to be no. done do you, so do you find it's a us, shame we are in the trenches obviously you know you, you you're what? on youtube as well right do you do you mm-hmm. sometimes find or feel it's a shame because i don't think any less work goes into instagram certainly in the last five years i mean people have blown up from reels and, and suddenly they're massive but i think pre-reels if you were a 30 40 50 000 content creator you'd kind of you had a badge of honor you'd kind of you'd got there through hard sweat blood and tears do you think it's a shame mm-hmm. that instagram doesn't reward creators enough because if you look at youtube if you had seventy thousand in uh, youtube subs there's a very good chance you'd have quite a healthy passive income from that no i disagree really i disagree yeah i disagree instagram gives ad you nothing revenue direct. ad revenue on youtube is the smallest mm. stream of income that i have it's so small that sometimes I forget I really? have it. And I'm not even kidding, yes. it's it's So that's the problem when we try to, um, when we try to, to find our value based on the audience size, it's not that. Literally, like you said earlier that we're not salespeople. Yeah. I disagree, respectfully disagree. We are salespeople. That's what, we, that's what we're doing. We're, we, what the hell did Siri just... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you heard She was Siri. like, I heard salesperson. I'm going to sell him some nappies. <laughs> I know. I know. Siri's, <laughs> Siri's listening to me. No, I, I'm selling stuff. That's what I do. And that's what, what, that's what the people want when they say, show products, showcase this, showcase that. Because they want to buy. They want to buy something. And th- that's just the nature of mm. things, right? I'm selling my lifestyle. I'm selling my... My likes, my 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 aesthetic. In a way, I'm always selling. Yeah, I think I, you know we I, can I, view it in I different definitely ways. Agree right? with but selling yourself, your style, your you know the the, yes. the lifestyle. I think for me, when I come to selling, it's like I don't work for a brand. I have a job. No, that, no, that, yeah, you definitely don't work for a brand. Where I you mean work for yourself. Yeah. So view yourself as the store, mm. and your aesthetic, your personality, the audience, which means your customer. The audience that you've already won, that's what the brand wants. Mm. So when a brand wants to work with you, they want to partner with you. They are not employing you. They're just partnering with yeah. you because they want access. They, it's like rubbing elbows with the right yeah, people, yeah. right? That's basically what it is. So we can view it in different ways. We can view like we feel like, oh, my God, I'm so thankful. Or it'd be like, hey, this is a great partnership for both of us. So I'll leave you with this one, Matt. If you haven't yet, I've. this is not a sponsored post, by the way, but... <laughs> This is genuinely the best advice I can give creators is for you to follow Justin Moore, the creator wizard. Just look him up, Justin Moore, M-O-O-R-E. He has a YouTube channel. He has a Twitter account. He's everywhere, right? Even on TikTok. He's on TikTok. Um, Great advice. He's taught me a lot. And we've honestly, through him, everything's just changed for me, the way I view things. I knew where I wanted, like, I knew my viewpoint. I was, I, I stood there very strongly, but I couldn't, art, I couldn't really articulate it properly. I couldn't express it the way he did. And so after meeting him a couple of times, I'm like, this guy knows what he's talking about. And it's awesome. It's great. And he has a free newsletter. 
If you search yep. him, tell you what, if anyone who's listening to this and who starts following or searching for Justin Moore, just let him know that I, that I, I sent you because I want to hear. I've got an affiliate scheme and I get five percent. Woo! I don't know. I don't. I don't have an affiliate scheme. <laughs> this dude is. This dude is legen, genuinely my friend, and the reason why he's become my friend is without him. Um, there were a couple of opportunities that came up just a few months ago for me that I never would have even. I never thought they would pay me. Yeah. If not with just with just having that short conversation with him and that change in mindset, he's like, you know what they really want is this, and you know what you can really offer them is this, and I tell you, Matt, it's one of the most fruitful months I've ever experienced, yeah. and it's awesome. And this is free knowledge. This is something that's that that he teaches freely. So go look for him, and yeah, it's awesome. You guys are that's my best advice. But again, I, I don't want to. D dwell too much well this is the coffee creators and the the dad cast so let's go back to like the family oriented yes. stuff i feel like we've we've gone through so much um um content creation we've had lots and, to catch up on and i know, think it's very easy to kind of like just have verbal diarrhea on, on instagram because it's kind of what we do well so this is much, what we do yeah <laughs> this is what we do so yeah um i do want to give a little bit of um a story about what happened to me uh, just recently, I, I should say my family. And actually, this is why I appreciate you, Matt, because um, you know this story, and this is kind of like what what started this whole conversation of us recording and sitting down and just kind of catching yeah. up. And our family dog just suddenly passed yeah. away, and it was one of the hardest sad. things I've, I've, yeah, I've gone through. And I am not a dog person. I definitely do not consider me myself as a dog person. Every time I see a dog person, I kind of just like, say I can't relate because I don't know what it's like to have that sort of yeah. bond. That's why I'm so surprised with how hard this has been because we had a dog and his name is Sam. Mm. He was a Belgian Malinois, four years old. So they look like Doberman, not Dobermans, um, German yep. Shepherds, um, very fierce looking. And he was a tall dog. Like my neighbors would always ask me and say, is he a good boy? I'm like, yeah, he's a good boy, but he listens to me. Yeah. So the, over the four years that we've had him, he's been a part of my life. My, my, you know, I've been working at, for at home for four yeah. years, more than four years. And so every, everything that I did, Sam was yeah. there. So I would clean, I would do the chores, everything, spend time with family. I would take him in the middle of the day to the park just to play with him. And you know, that sort of thing you take for granted. I took yeah. for granted. I enjoyed it. I took care of him. But when we lost him, it suddenly a huge part of my day was gone. Mm. And I never realized yeah. it. Waking up in the morning, I used to hear him. You know, at the end of the day, I used to hear, I would call out his name. I would feed him. I would brush his hair. I would give him a bath. All these things that normally I would sometimes feel annoyed with. Because it feels like, oh, it's more work. I got to take care of this dog. Yeah. I come to realize that I actually loved it. And it, he really did help me go get through a lot of things. And it's one of my biggest regrets to, to not live in that moment and just enjoy it. And I'll tell you this. like I, I don't think I've ever cried this yeah. much in my entire life. Days and days and days. Genuinely sad. So for the people who, are, who have that special bond with their animals... Um, I appreciate you, and I'm sorry that I never understood mm. you guys. And it's unfortunate that it took something so tragic for my family to go through, for me to, to actually understand this. So I, I'll, I'll just say that I have a very 
you know, a different appreciation, very profound appreciation for, for people who love animals mm. and for those who are doing such an excellent job to make sure that animals are being taken care of, they're being put into good homes. Um, you guys are doing the Lord's work. Oh, yeah. It's 100%, amazing. 100%. Amazing. And, yeah. you know, the, I, I think you went back to saying, you, you know, you're not a dog person, but it was your dog. And I think that's the difference is it's the same with kids. Like, I love my kids. I don't love other people's kids. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, <laughs> that's a good they're, point. They're actually. my kids. So that's I think you point. don't have to be a kid person to love your kids and you don't need to be a dog person to love your own dog. To love your I dog. I think the thing is they don't, they go beyond being a dog. They go, they become part of the family. And I think, you know, that's, that's what's caused the sadness because if it was your friend's dog that passed away, you wouldn't, you wouldn't bat an eyelid. You, you know, you just wouldn't because it's, it's in your family. It's part, it's an extension of your family. Like we have, we have a cat here called Lily that's 16, I think. She's very old. She can't mm -hmm. see. She pisses everywhere. Um, <laughs> she she pisses everywhere. She Cat pisses something else, oh, too. Oh, <laughs> man, it's everywhere. Like, you know, we, we've got incontinent sheets for cats. I, I, I've, I've now got an Amazon subscribe and save <laughs> for incontinent sheets, right? <laughs> and she likes to, she like, we've got like this wood laminate floor downstairs. And when, when mm -hmm. piss gets on that, it's not good because it gets in the joints. You know, and it's hard to clean. So we've got these what we call yeah, inco yeah. sheets everywhere, and um, I'm on a subscribe and save. I get twenty five a month, seven ninety nine on Amazon, and uh, we have to put them down. And you know, she goes straight for them. But oh. um, you know, the thing is, the point I'm making is right now she's a pain in my ass. But, uh, but okay, I, okay, wait, wait, but wait I, back up. I thought you said for a second there. I thought you said you had to put the cat down. I was <laughs> just like. Oh, I'm like, what? she, she, she's, <laughs> thank God. No, <laughs> she's still here. She's just so fucking annoying. Like, you know, she, the thing is <laughs> she, she's blind. So the thing is her thing is she's, uh, she, she sits and lays on the stairs. Now our stairs yeah. are already lethal. They are very, very vertical and they are very short steps. And there's often uh -huh. shit on them like kid shoes, you know, oh post because it's right by our front door. So she takes yeah. the bit on the right. And there's other stuff on the left. So you've got to like maneuver your way down. She doesn't know because she can't see. She's blind. She doesn't know where you're coming from. So she has these little kind of panics and she'll go the one yeah. way you didn't want her to go. Where your foot <laughs> was about to go, she goes. For some reason, she knows. It's like a, oh it's like a sixth sense. This cat knows exactly where to go, where you don't want her to go. And, you know, you're mm -hmm. cursing her all the time. And, and I think, you know, the thing is my wife's a veterinary nurse. so She's very, very toughened to all of this you know she's like probably the opposite of you like she you know she deals with animal death every single time she goes into work so <sighs> so it's it's a very it's a very biological process i guess you know she yes. hand reared the mm -hmm. cat she's had mm -hmm. him for, had her for 16 years so i'm sure she will be very sad but equally she's almost like kind of detached a little bit of like when it's time it's time and you know, yeah, there's. I think she's she's had enough time to accept the inevitable, yeah. Um, yeah. and I think that was what's tough about what we went through is because he's only four That's years old, old, and it was so. No, it's he's a puppy at this point. He's a huge puppy. Mm. He's like a little horse. That's nothing. But um, yeah, and it's like, it's the abruptness, yeah, yeah, yeah. the the sudden change, the sudden loss. It's I mean, my wife is my wife still 
I've spent way, way, way more time with the dog than anyone yeah. else. But um, my wife is very much affected. Yeah. Like she is crying almost every day. Um, I still have my moments, and it was really, really tough. And you know, someone just asked me yesterday if we were ready to get another one. And I said I don't think so because it's like as much as I love, I would love to have another dog. I want Sam back. Mm. You know what I mean? And I, and I know that I'm never going to get Sam yeah. back. I'm going to get I'm going to get someone else that is just as loving and just as awesome, but it's not going to be Sam. So I think yeah. that's You got to take time. That's a thing that You've definitely got to take time. Yeah, I think the yeah. thing with 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 dogs in particular is cats can be assholes. Like they either like you or they d- <laughs> they either like you or they don't, right? <laughs> you know, they they they're like you, you can tell, you know, when you don't like cats and a cat comes in, you know, they 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 just have this feeling whereas dogs they love everyone. They're like unconditional love. Yes. So I think the thing is they love with, everyone. With yeah. dogs it it probably is a bit easier to kind of move on and get that next dog when you're ready because you know they're going to be a bundle of energy and they're going to be loving you and licking you, you know. Yeah. And I think it's very easy then to fill that hole. Um, but you can't do it straight away. You can't do it straight away. You've got to take time. Like we said, once Lily eventually goes, we will have a break from having pets mm-hmm. because they're a commitment mm-hmm. as well. And, you know, yeah, you've got to be, it's, it's a I lot think of especially work, dogs yeah. and you had a big dog. So with a big dog, you've got to like, you've got to mm-hmm. be all in. You've got to be doing the walking and the, the diet and everything with a cat. Yeah. They're a little bit, you know, kind of easier. You can just leave them to just sleep 90% of the day. And uh, yeah. ours is a house cat, so they don't go out. But um, I think, yeah, dogs—you've got to be ready and you've got to be committed, because, it, like you said, it's, it's all yeah. or nothing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, this might be a little off, uh, like off tangent, mm. but I wanted to ask you because I feel like this is going to be a little bit more on brand with your podcast. Um, you know, your podcast talks about gaming and being a dad. Yeah. I think first and foremost, right, being being a father. I've learned a couple of lessons from my yep. kids recently, and I'm, it's one of those things that uh, I guess not a lot of people talk about, like the lessons that you learn from mm. your kids. Because we talk about kids, and we always like feel like, oh, you know, I gotta feed this uh, this other human being and take care of them. But I, honestly, there's like a lot of benefits to having kids, and they teach you a lot of like really good lessons because the, nothing, no one views the world with such, I guess innocence and obviously right and uh like as a child and when you view the world in that way it's almost like you're you're super focused on one thing this is the problem what is the solution and you can actually learn a couple things from that so i wanted to ask you matt have uh first of all i i I think you're i'm sure your daughters are are doing well the family's doing well um i wanted to ask you like have you learned any i guess important lessons from your kids lately um I don't know about lessons. I've definitely aged a lot in the last year because um, they're hard work. The, the, the crazy thing is I've got two girls that are both lovely in their own ways, but they're so different. Um, and in some ways, like with Daisy, who's the older one, I admire the fact that she is fearless. So when I say fearless, mm-hmm. not that she goes around and fights people, although I am training her to stick up for herself. <laughs> but it's like I'm a 43-year-old guy, and I would still be absolutely petrified of getting up on a stage at like, a, let, let's say in the UK we have something like um, like a Butlins or something like that where all the families go and you, you stay in these caravans and then there's a clubhouse and there's entertainment and you could drink and they call people up on stage and there's events. 
Daisy is absolutely fearless. She wants to get up on stage. She wants to be center of attention. She wants to sing, dance, do all of that. And I look at her sometimes and I think, you're so much braver than I am. She wants to be on YouTube. She wants to be doing videos and entertaining people. And I think, never lose that. Because at some point, someone's going to knock your confidence. And I'm waiting for that day where she comes up against the wrong person who says the wrong thing, whether it's about her looks or her weight or whatever it might be in five, six years' time. And she's going to lose that innocence where she thinks she's the coolest kid in the room. Um, so, yeah, I think probably from Daisy's point of view is just that innocent enthusiasm to just get involved and not worry about what people think. Mm -hmm. So sh she teaches me all the time of just being this just energetic, put yourself out there, worry second, just have fun. Poppy, yeah. she's a little tougher because she's very shy. She takes a long time to open up to people. But when she does, she's extremely loving and very loyal. She's also loves to hit. So I don't know what I'm learning from her at the minute, <laughs> but she's a handful. <laughs> she is most definitely a handful. You're learning not to get hit. That's yeah, what you're I mean, they are fighting a lot at the minute. I, I won't lie. Like I'm on holiday this week and I'd had enough by Monday mm. afternoon. Um, I think uh, I can't remember who said it. Someone who commented <laughs> on one of my posts was like, I hope you've had a really good first day of your holiday. And I was just like, my kids are assholes. <laughs> I'd had enough. I'd had enough quite early on because they just bicker. And I, I think the thing, because the UK has mm. been so hot and everyone's kind of like a little bit kind of tetchy because it's so warm. Like the weird thing yeah. is it's cool outside, but our houses are like little ovens. They don't cool down, so mm. they're designed to stay mm. warm because in the UK, it's mainly cold, so the houses are designed to stay yeah. warm. So the byproduct of that is you have a hot week and your, hot, your house stays hot for weeks after that, and they radiate heat. So we're all in our house sweating and feeling horrible. So everyone's a little tetchy. The kids are tired and I they're see. hot and they're sweaty, and then I'm tetchy and sweaty. And yeah, we're all a bit short tempered. So I think getting out is good. Like we went to Marwell Zoo today, which is about 45 minute drive from our house. It's not too far, but it was just good to get out and see the rhinos and the tigers and the giraffes uh, and all of that stuff. So I think I think we're better when we get out, when we stay in the house. Mm -hmm. I, my OCD kicks in a lot and I get mm -hmm. really stressed mm -hmm. that basically I can see the house being destroyed in front of my eyes. Because you, you, so basically, <laughs> here's a little teaser to my room. So you'll see, like, all of my stuff is nice and tidy, mm -hmm. and it kind of ends about there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there. So that, that is my side. And then all we've got to do <laughs> is just keep spinning, <laughs> just keep spinning a little bit more. And that's my tech pile, which I moved out the way for this. this. And then we hit the family zone. Nah. And then it's it's a very it's just <laughs> that we can't eat on that table. We never eat on that table because it's never fucking empty. It's never empty. There is. We also have the same. It's never empty. We have the same table where it's like the only purpose of that table is for it's a junk. dumping ground. <laughs> it's, it's a dumping ground. Yeah, it is a dumping ground. That's hilarious. Wait, so I have a random question. Mm. So, well, not random, but. Is it typically not this warm in the UK? No, I think a, a typical UK summer would be low twenties. That's Celsius. I don't know Fahrenheit. I'm not very good with that. But mm. let's, you know, it's it's comfortable heat. 
Um, yeah. But we hit 40 in the UK. So 40. Oh, that's like twice. Yeah, that's like 40 degrees in Fahrenheit. So let's have a look. So it's 104. Now the oh, my Lord, that is hot. hot. Now the thing is, we don't have air conditioning, you know, and the houses yeah. are designed to stay warm. So they're not, you know, I lived in South Africa. So the thing is, I do know the, 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 the difference between living in a hot country and living in, in the UK. So in, in South Africa, mm-hmm. every house is designed to stay cool. It's tiled floors. It's got <coughs> ceiling fans. Yeah. And if you're well, well, at the time, air conditioning wasn't a big thing. But probably nowadays, air conditioning is a big thing over there because it's hot all the time. So the house des- houses are designed to stay cool. Whereas in the UK, we have cold weather for nine months of the year. So our houses are well insulated. They don't have any moving yes. air. They don't have any cool air coming in. You have, at best, you can buy a fan that you can put on your desk or, or next to your bed to move some air around. So I think that's the problem is it just gets so humid. And mm-hmm. and the heat just seems to linger in the house. Even when outside it's nice and cool, the house is still boiling hot and we haven't got any heating on. Yeah. So it's a weird one in the UK. Like, uh, we... We, th- we don't seem to do well in, in any extreme because it is very moderate in the UK. Like it's never, we like certainly where I live in the South, you very rarely get snow. But then you don't mm-hmm. r- really get a lot of 40 degree heat. It's always that kind of between 10 and 25 degrees Celsius. It's very moderate. So yeah. when w- It's very Goldilocks. It's very zone. Goldilocks. And uh, yeah, we can use that. <laughs> For those of you who are, are older yeah. than 30, you will understand the reference. Yeah. But I think that's... So if you guys are up, uh, got up to this episode, you will get, you the, will reference get the reference that we did in but the I, beginning. But I think, yeah. that's, I think that's ultimately <laughs> the problem is like, yeah, the, the, we live in the Goldilocks zone where we're used to it being just right. And when we get mm-hmm. either extreme, the country shuts down. If we get snow, the country doesn't function. If we get extreme heat, the country doesn't function. So yeah, it's it's a weird thing with the UK. It, 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 we don't. I mean, I I can understand yeah. that. Um, here in California, we rarely get rain. Yeah. And if we get as much as a drizzle, people ha- start having accidents mm. on the road. Mm. It's like nothing really changed other than the the, the floor is a little yeah. wet. But people don't know how to drive. Flash in the floods rain. and all that. So stuff. I completely get it's, that. It's just a weird one. Yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's very hot. It's very like even in here right now, I'm sweating, and yet it's actually quite nice and cool outside now. It's weird. When do you expect things to change? Like what around around what? Well, I, the thing is, I definitely have noticed in the UK that winters are getting milder and they're getting later. So, you know, traditionally you would say Christmas mm. in the UK should be cold, but it's not. Christmas yeah. in the UK is not cold anymore. It's like T-shirt weather. So it, mm-hmm. the summers are quite late. They, they don't hit us really till about now. So kind of July going into August, which still feels quite late, given we're in the Northern Hemisphere. So, you know, it could be october november and it can still be super super nice and then then it's a sharp decline into you know normally into the december but now i'm finding it's the end of january march that are the cold months which is just weird yeah someone who grew up where christmas was cold and i bet i barely worn a jacket for the last like five winters so definitely the whole global warming thing i'm like yep this is this is what it is it's not this big event it's this slow creep. It's a gradual it's a slow yeah. creep to where the norm isn't the norm anymore. Exactly. Christmas is not cold. I mean, here. in the last, yeah, in Christmas here, in the last three or four years, maybe it's been raining. Mm. I don't even remember the last time it. I mean, prior to the last couple yeah. of years, but it was such a weird thing to experience rain during Christmas. 
But now it's like, that's what we expect. Yeah. When it's Christmas, it'll start mm. raining. It's never happened to me, like, to us. Like, even, yeah, it's it's so weird. And so that's, uh, I was just curious about that because I, I, I keep hearing about the heat in the UK and I was just curious, like, like, how hot is it? I mean, here in California, it's supposed to be summertime and never really got that hot, yeah. to be honest with you. And we were expecting it to get really hot. It's a little warm, yeah. but it's like, it's actually kind of nice. I think the weird thing with the so, UK is it, uh, it comes out of nowhere and it doesn't last long mm. enough for you to become acclimatized. So we had that week yeah. where we hit this 40 and the next week it was back down at early 20s and it was raining. So we, we never sustain uh, anything for long enough so that the country can like, you know, when you go on holiday and you kind of like you get your holiday tan. You know, you go over there and you burn the first day and you get acclimatized. And by the end of the holiday, you, you, you're good. But I think in the UK, yeah. the weird thing is it comes and then it goes really quickly as well. So you get this massive heat, but it's only lasts at the very most two weeks. And then you're back to kind mm -hmm. of moderate weather again. So I think it, that's when we struggle as a country, when it comes in fast and we, we just basically don't have it long enough to become used to it. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. That is hard to adapt mm. to because it's at this point, it's basically unpredictable because mm. it changes. And, you know, when you don't expect it to change. Yeah. So that's because our summers are shocking. That's, like, that's you know, we difficult. can have a yeah. summer where we can't actually remember two consecutive weeks of sun. It's a very weird thing with the UK. Like you remember summers is like, oh, that was a that was a good summer. We had a really hot week back in 96. You know, it's, it's such a mm -hmm. short time frame. You know, I think I think I remember the first year of COVID. I think it was 2020. I think it was 2020. Mm -hmm. We had a, a whole month, maybe six weeks of sun, and it was when we were locked down. So everyone was like, "Oh, this is amazing! We're out in the garden, we're having barbecues. You know, we can enjoy. Yeah. We sounds really stupid. We can enjoy COVID because we're we're being yeah, told yeah. we've got yeah. to stay at home, and we've got good weather, and it's prolonged. So we're getting used to it. So we're you know we're getting a tan. Um, Whereas like the year after 2021, it was shocking. I think we literally it kept being broken by bad weather. So it was like a good two days, then a bad week, then a good three days, then a bad week. So you never got the feeling like you had a summer. You had you had these nice little short yeah. bursts. Whereas 2020, I remember that was a good summer because it went on for like six to eight weeks. Now that you mentioned that, that is a very interesting observation because I observed something very similar. Mm in a way that it makes sense to me shut down no one was working no cars were mm -hmm. driving factories were were not yep. working all this stuff california was so green everything was so green the, the earth was basically just really alive yeah. and it was well if there's any positive spin to that to that whole year it was that it was i amazing. definitely feel that and that kind of like everyone switched off cars stopped traveling yes the air felt cleaner you know, you, you were only allowed out to do a walk. So, you know, that forced us to go out for walks as a family because it was the only thing we were allowed to do was go out for an hour a day. So we went for a walk to the local nature reserve. We haven't done it since because we're too, we're Isn't too busy. Isn't that amazing? That, wouldn't it be great if the world, the entire world, had a holiday, a worldwide yeah. holiday of maybe like one week? 100%. Where no one works, yep, and everything, you know, shuts down. I mean, obviously, it can't be everything, right? There's but still needs to be services. Enough companies, yeah. yeah, enough companies 
can at least respect that because th we are doing the world a favor if we do that. The last couple of years and have been pretty mad. I'm not going to lie. Uh, do you consp do yeah. I, I don't, by the way, but do you subscribe to any kind of uh, conspiracy the uh, conspiracy theories? I don't. I, I like listening to them I don't because either. I think they're interesting. However, yeah, looking but, at how the last yeah. two years have gone, there was, I think, a conspiracy theory that actually thinks the world has already ended. And none of this is real. <laughs> I've heard Have about you heard, this. You heard about this one. <laughs> and is it the one where we're living in a simulation? Yes. So yes, basically, I've heard it was about a this, solar yeah. flare or yeah. something. I can't even remember what the catalyst was. It was like something like either a solar yeah. flare, the world ended, and now we're in this loop of basically. <laughs> we're in the matrix. We're in the, basically, the matrix. We're in basically some yes. subconscious we're now. In the because matrix. you think about it, the last three years. It's just bad after bad after bad after bad after bad. <laughs> and it's like, if this is why I try not to watch the news too much. Because if you look on it, it is just tragedy all the time. It whether is. it's floods, it fires, COVID, murders, shootings, knife crime. It's just rampant. But you don't know whether it's just because that's what the news focuses on. Because the good shit is not interesting. Exactly. Okay, so I have uh, my own personal views mm. on this one. So I, just like everyone else, gets affected by the mm. news. And I remember someone saying, don't watch the yeah. news. And to me, when I, whenever I hear that, I feel like, but am I just ignoring, am I just playing dumb at that yeah. point? Like, let's not listen to the news. But I really believe in that I now. do. Because Remember the phrase in The Matrix, right? ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is, is bliss. Absolutely. Truth of the matter is, I mean, fact is, when we were children, it felt like the world was such a better place. But also, the reality is, we never had social media. We were never connected. I think that's a big part we of it. We knew, yeah, we knew, like, history has taught us that when we were kids, a lot of these terrible things also happened, right? We would read about it not as adults, yeah. like, oh, I didn't know that when I was playing in the in in the backyard when I was seven years old, I didn't know this was happening in this country. Yeah. So that's basically what it is. So today, the same thing is happening. Maybe even, you know, some parts are worse, some parts are, are better. But point is, we were never this connected to the news and to what's happening globally. Yeah. And so that's what's that what that's what we are not prepared for to 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 basically carry that burden, that 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 guilt, that on our conscience that on our conscience yeah. that you know terrible things are happening so i always like to reframe the way i think you know through my kids kids mm. eyes so how do they feel about the world and i know for a fact that what they feel like and what they see are just wonderful things because that's what i choose to put in front well, of my, them, my right? kids just think Instead, daddy's I, a millionaire because they just get so much <laughs> fucking free shit and I, I, I'm trying yeah. to teach my kids about money, right? And and yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you're. I think your kids are a little bit younger than mine. What's your, what's your, yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely. I have a four year old and a yeah. Six -year -old. So I'm six and eight now. I'm trying to teach the value of money. Now the thing is, I'm not helping this by getting free shit delivered all the time from from brands and uh, you know stuff turning up and obviously all this cool tech and uh, you know they don't see me struggling for it so i think that's probably i'm i'm not helping myself here but equally because of these little extra jobs and things i don't need to think twice about buying them um <coughs> a snow leopard when they go to the zoo like a little you know stuffed little stuff toy not a real snow leopard because that would be a bit opulent but 
That would It'd be expensive, expensive and fucking terrifying, and let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Snow Leopard upstairs. The cat's fucking <laughs> petrified because she's blind and she can just hear this. No growl. wonder you hate exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> um, I wouldn't want to step on a exactly, snow leopard. Exactly. No wonder the cat's pissing everywhere. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I, don't, I don't need to. Yeah, little things like getting a pizza. We could get a pizza every weekend. It, it's taken a very long mm. time and, and it might disappear as quickly as it's come. But through Instagram, and this is where I'm eternally grateful that I've got this opportunity, it's allowed me to basically spoil my kids. But I'm trying to teach yeah. them the value of stuff. Well, I don't want to stop spoiling them because I want them to have a great childhood, of course. But Have they ever asked you how you manage to get all of these like, cool products? I think I think they're savvy enough to it because they watch a lot of YouTube. They know what mm. a creator is. They know what daddy does. Okay. You know, when I say I've, I, I okay. need you girls to be good tonight because I need to do either a recording. I just call it a recording or I need to do a video or I need to do this. I need you to be good tonight. I need you to go to bed because I need to do my video for stuff. And I, I think they understand the process of I'm creating stuff mm -hmm. for the Internet. But my girls are massively into YouTube, which I'm not obviously on or I'm not on to a point where I, I kind of focus on it. But they, they want to be YouTubers, especially Daisy. So I think they do see those influencers who are like Rebecca Zamolo is one of her favorite um, for any parent watching who has kids who watch YouTube. They'll probably know who that is. But obviously a big American influencer, big house, mansion, making loads of fun videos for kids. And um, she wants to go to America now and, and meet Rebecca Zamolo because she thinks she's attainable you know she can go over there and, and see her because yeah. she's like her best yeah. friend because she watches her all the time on youtube so i do think yeah. they get it they get where this is coming from but equally just trying to explain to them that every time we go somewhere doesn't mean you need to expect something like we went to the zoo today and for the last two hours of the day it was when are we going to the gift shop when are we going to the gift shop when are we going to the gift shop so it's like well, that'll be right at the end, but I'm telling you now, you're not going to get anything. So we can go to the gift shop. You're not going to get anything. So we went to the gift shop. They did get something because I cannot <laughs> leave somewhere <laughs> because I'm thinking like it wasn't a lot. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about opulent stuff. I bought them a four pound key ring and a uh, like a f uh, what, what yeah. was what did, yeah. so one got a fridge magnet, the other one got a key ring. They weren't big things, but it's that expectation of we're going to get something every time yeah. we go into a shop. So I was like, right, I'm I am going to get you something because I want to create those memories. I want you to, you know, get this key ring, put it on your school bag, and when you go to school, I want you to tell the kids about the time you went to Marwell Zoo and you met all these animals, etc. Yeah. So it's kind of like I'm not buying it because i want you to have expensive things i am buying it because i want you to remember this occasion but it's a fine line yeah. i they do expect it a lot to be fair i think maybe maybe they're not thinking that too deeply into it they just want they just want stuff. cool and, shit you know what I mean? just like, like and, us and yeah they just want cool shit exactly just like us so so maybe that's maybe take that pressure off of mm. you. Like, don't worry about it. Like they really just want something. Like, wouldn't you want something when you went out with your parents and, you know, depending on the circumstance, maybe back then, you know, my mom always said no. To yeah. Everything. No, 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 no. So that's why I think that's, a, yeah, I feel like that's I definitely why. think there's something in that. I think you probably sound like you probably came from similar to me. It's, uh, you know, my, my parents didn't have a lot growing up. They then got to a point where they did, but I was almost like already yeah. 16, yeah. 17 at that point. So it was kind of like, I hadn't grown up being spoiled and you know, mm. I would always ask for something and get the next best thing or a complete mm. knockoff. 
<laughs> so I never forget, right? I never forget this pair of fucking shoes I got. I, I, I was living in South Africa and my parents came back over to England and I was like, I really want these pair of Nikes. I really want these pair of Nike shoes. You can't get them in South Africa. Like Nike is gold dust over there. This is back in like the 90s. I was like, just get, get, me, get me a pair of these shoes and I'll be very happy. And they came back <laughs> with these, <laughs> these pair of Knicks. <laughs> they were called Knicks. And they were horrendous. They were so bad. They were so bad. And I was so disappointed. And I think that stuck with me my entire life. Oh and I, I remember like a month after having them oh, and taking them to school and being bullied. I remember pulling on the tongue of the shoe and it came off. <laughs> and then for another two months after having these pair of Knicks, and they were a real brand as well, after having these, these Knicks. And I, I used to have to put the tongue back in and then tie the laces so tight. But whenever you... That it doesn't fall. But then it didn't work because they it would just move around your foot. So you'd like kick a ball and then the tongue would be on the left <laughs> or it'd be on the right. And then sometimes it would just fly out. And, you know, you're there just... Oh put, they were God. like kind of mid-tops, you know. They were, like, they were kind of like chunky yeah. chunky shoes. And that scarred yeah. me for life. That, that Honestly, getting those pair of shoes when I, when I solemnly asked for a pair of Nikes and they weren't like the most expensive ones. They just wanted a pair of Nike shoes and they were hard to get in South Africa. And um, they brought me a pair of fucking Knicks and I don't want my kids <laughs> to ever have the feeling like yeah. I did when I had a pair of Knicks with a, with a tongue that, that right. Fell off. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I well, it's for that reason. I can, I can appreciate that. And I think um, my approach is it's kind of different. And you know, obviously my kids are younger mm. than yours, but I've been like, I like to always, open up conversations with them, no matter how trivial it might yep. be. So for example, my my daughter's thing is she loves downloading apps. Yep. No matter if, if they're, she doesn't understand the concept of free and yep. paid. She does, but she thinks that every app has to be paid. Yep. Or maybe not, maybe not every app, but she would always ask me. So one thing that I'm very grateful for is that I've managed, we've managed to, um, uh, bring up our daughter in, in a way that she is not afraid to ask us mm. for anything. So I don't want to get mad at her. Like, even though it's annoying, she's like, daddy, can I download this app? I actually appreciate the fact that she's asking because she's, you know, it, it's, she's asking for permission, making sure that it's yeah. okay. And she'll ask me, does it, um, do you need to pay for this app? And sometimes you have to. And so I would say, we don't, um, I don't want to pay for this app or, you know, no, not yet. And so when it comes to stuff like that, she's like, you know what, daddy, I want this. Can you buy me something at Target? Mm. Can you buy me an app? I will always ask her, okay, sure. But what did you do to earn yeah. this? Did you do something to earn it? And she'll think about it. And she's like, no. I'm like, okay, well, how about this? Do something first that will, that will so that I know that you earned mm. this app or this, this toy or whatever it is. So if it's a big toy, then you have to big, do something really yeah. big. But if it's a small thing, like you want candy, bubble gum, or something, well, I want you to first do your homework, yep. or I want you to do something Side like this. Side up your toys, whatever. So at, yeah, at least I know that she has to do something first to deserve something, right? And everything else in between she gets is like cherry on the mm. top if she didn't have to do anything, right? It's just like, oh, this is, and, you know, I'm not saying that that's the perfect way of doing it, but it's been working for me. And the important thing to me is she knows the value of something, like of, of, of actually putting in the work and earning yeah. something. Because actually, um, my childhood was very interesting. It's very different in, in a way that 
I will actually grow up spoiled. And that's mm. that's to my disadvantage. You didn't have a pair of Knicks then, I know that is what you're saying. No, no, <laughs> I definitely did not. <laughs> However, I did have a couple of my, uh, I did have some experience of like the whole, um, mom, I want this. And she'll be like, oh, we have that at home. And we come home, it's like completely different or it's like the fake version yeah. of whatever it is. So I know that feeling. But um, the problem that I had with, you know, growing up was that my parents never instilled the the value of an item yeah. to me. So I felt like, I felt like everything was just, as long as I, because I was their son, I deserved it. And if I didn't get it, then I would be really upset because it's like they don't love me yeah. anymore. And so that was the biggest problem for me. And I had to shake, the, I had to learn the hard way. And I, you know, I'm not ashamed to say this, but I learned it when I was in my early 20s. Yep. Because up until then, I was very much spoiled for anything. Everything. You could get it yourself. And so I felt like I was, yeah, it's like I, it's, I felt very, I had this sense of entitlement that was ridiculous like to look back i'm like oh man i don't i can't believe that they survived with me being like that before mm. so um it's one of those things that i want to make sure that my kids don't go through so it's okay to provide for them it's okay it's great that if i'm able to provide for them without having to to worry about anything but i don't want the lesson to be lost i yeah. don't want the value to be lost and so i think just by opening up that conversation like, did you, what did you do to mm. earn it? Like, you, you can do anything. You take the trash out. You can be a good kid. You can do your homework. You can sleep early, whatever it is. But you have to do something to earn this. And I think if I train him or teach him that way, I'm hoping that it works out. Yeah, I think so that's a big thing to take from this. I think if any parents are listening, because obviously, like we said, you know, mine's focused around parenting and, and the dad life and stuff like that, is even, even with two kids now that are they're kind of growing up, Every, every situation, every family, and every every kind of parent-child relationship is going to be different. But I guarantee you, no one yes. no one knows what the fuck they're doing until no. until they've got it wrong. <laughs> or you know, you have to. It's like learning on the job. It's basically like going onto an oil rig and them saying, "Right, there's a load of oil that's going to be coming up in a minute. You've got ten minutes to learn. Don't do this." And it's a bit like that with <laughs> yeah, kids. Don't it's die. basically don't kill the children. As long as you keep the children yes. alive, everything else you're doing is okay. You have one. <laughs> you have one goal. Yeah. Don't kill the children. And as long as you're not don't kill as the long children. As you're not killing the children, yeah. you're on the right path. You you you'll, <laughs> you'll kind of yeah. learn the rest as you go. But <laughs> just don't kill the kids. Don't kill the kids. So you know, I think for new parents out there. Yeah, for new parents out there, you don't know how true this is, what Matt's actually saying. Yep. So don't feel like you don't know what you're doing because most parents don't know what they don't. Doing. And the thing we is, sure I've got a lot of friends doing, yeah. on Instagram recently that have had their first child. And I said, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you're going to do exactly what me and my wife did when we had our first one is you're going to read everything. You're going to overanalyze everything. You're going to think you're a terrible yep. parent because it's no, it shouldn't be doing it like this. You know, that that kid should have learned this by the time he was this many months, should be walking by now, should be talking by now, should be potty trained, should be, you know, all of this. And the, the thing you learn when you have your, your second child is that nothing goes to plan. Just no. keep the kids <laughs> alive. That is your sole job. <laughs> Yes. The rest will follow. That's your sole job. Yeah, the, the rest, rest will, will follow. Just feed them. No, that is great. Keep them clean. Push them into school. 
and the rest you learn on the job. You're learning on the job. We, none of us are trained for this. Yes, you're learning on no the job. No one has gone mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, two years worth of, of university to learn how to be a parent. We all have learned by doing. So you're going to get it wrong. Yes. You're going to get it wrong. But the good thing is kids forget quickly. You can change your method. You can change your plan of attack. You can grow and develop yourself. The kids are very, very forgiving. So, you know, my biggest thing is not being angry all the time because they trash the house. And it, I'm yeah. still, you know, eight years later trying to work on myself of just letting them be kids. Because if we're not going out because it's too hot or, you know, we just haven't got any plans for the day or my wife's come off the night shift. She's too tired to go out. Therefore, we all stay in um, because I can't be bothered to take the kids out by myself. They're going to trash the house. So I have little conversations with myself throughout the day and I don't all I don't always do it very well. Like Monday, I did not do it very well. Yesterday, uh, today, I did not do it very well. Is... I get too stressed. There's too much tidying to do. The house needs tons of work. I'm on my holiday. I don't want to spend the whole week tidying. Therefore, everyone needs to be in tidy mode all of the time. And it's impossible. It's impossible. So I need to tell myself that. So, you know, even eight years later, I'm still trying to, to, to teach myself and grow and do things differently. But, you know, the thing is, we're all human and we're all impulsive and we all want perfection and it doesn't exist with kids it really doesn't no no and uh and let me just end that that whole thing with by saying that that's a positive thing about having children mm. is you will be surprised at how much growth that and self-improvement that you will experience mm. you know it's it's just the self-reflection everything and Aside from the fact that nothing, pretty much nothing scares you anymore after being a parent. Mm. I mean, that, I mean, obviously I'm still afraid of lions and tigers. Like that's not going to change. Methods. What I'm saying is like, <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, what I'm saying is that the things that, the hardest job really is being a parent. And if you can get through that, and you will, you will, you will get through that. You can get through anything. And it's amazing. Mm. It's an amazing lesson. It's amazing evolution. And Matt, I just want to say that you should never feel bad because it's like the fact that you're, you recognize this, that you, you are still working on yourself. Who isn't working on themselves? I mean, who isn't? It's a like, constant I'm working journey. on myself every day. It's a day. constant journey. The thing is with yeah. kids is like there's a lot of other things in life that you can just put over there. So like if social media yeah. gets a bit too much, you have the choice. You absolutely have the choice to go, not today. I'm not doing it today. Yeah. We, we don't because, you know, we're like, we're addicted. But in theory, you could go, mm -mm, mm -mm. Instagram, I'm, yeah. I'm giving you the cold shoulder for two weeks. With kids, you can't do that. So you can go to bed angry. You can go to bed frustrated. Tomorrow, you start again. They're not going yeah. anywhere. They're coming back. So you cannot keep the mindset for too long, whether it's, you know, I hate going to bed angry with the kids. I absolutely hate when when they've not gone to bed for an hour and a half and I've got a podcast coming up and I've lost my rag. I feel terrible. I feel absolutely terrible. Mm. So mm. most times I will try and go up before they fall asleep and make it up to them. That's it's, good. 
But it's very, not easy. And that's a hard thing to it's do. It's not easy. It's a very hard thing you, to you do. Because you yeah. can get very well, self-obsessed with, with basically trying to create this perfect life. And Instagram is very guilty of that. I know we're not children bloggers or whatever, you know, but I think I think it's another dangerous thing when you look at other people's perfect homes and their perfect life. Like my perfect gaming room where you spin it round and all of a sudden there's like <laughs> the, the table from hell. You know, no, you know what it is, Matt. That side is Instagram. The other side is TikTok. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. So you know, that's what I think it that's is. the thing. We hold ourselves to such high standards because that is what the world is like now. And you know, you're you're it's thrown in your face of of where you should be yeah. five years from now. Um, but the reality is, yeah, most yeah. people aren't. Here's a comforting thing. At least it helped me, and I hope it helps other parents. Is that mm. to know that everything is in phases. Mm. So whatever it is that you're going through, because they're children, because they're growing up, and because we cannot stop time, it's also a phase. So anything, whether it's good or bad, it's it's going to be a phase. Mm. So if you understand this, you'll start to appreciate it more and maybe even embrace the challenges because you know it's not going to last yeah, forever. And, 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 and I know, an absolute logic yeah, thing as I well. know that some things I miss Yeah, already. absolutely, because yeah. that's the thing. With Daisy being eight now, I don't want her to age anymore. Because the problem is the next mm-hmm. stage we're getting to is hormones. And that's that's <laughs> when like kids are pretty that's scary. Kids are pretty rational when they're younger. Feed me, entertain me. When they get to a certain age, you can give them exactly what they want. And it throws and you a curveball happy. because they're still not happy. <laughs> and you're like, huh? Yeah. What? That is true. Hey. So <laughs> how does that work? Matt and I. <laughs> well, Matt is going to go through that first before me, so I'm going to have to ask his advice. Yeah. I get it with Poppy <laughs> all the that. time. I'm like, right, th- this this is how it works with Poppy. Like, I know what she's like, right? So I know when I go for breakfast, it's got to be that color plate. It's got to be that breakfast, it, you know, or it could be dinner. A favorite meal. I'll, I'll cook two dinners just to make my life easy. So I know Daisy loves pizza. Poppy doesn't like pizza. She likes chicken nuggets. Uh-huh. So okay. you think, I want an easy night tonight. I've got a really stressful night. I just want to chill out. I'm going to make them exactly what they want so that they're happy. So you make one, the pizza. And to be fair, she's pretty reliable. She'll always like pizza. But Poppy will throw you a curveball. So you'll make her chicken nuggets and chips. And she'll act like it's the least favorite dish in the world. But it's been great for <laughs> 99 other dishes. And, and they always get you like you, you think you've got it just when you get in your comfort zone of like, ah, I've got a little method here. I'll make her a special dinner because she likes that. Uh-huh. Nope. Not uh-huh. today. Not today. Doesn't I wanted work. pizza. <laughs> and I've done this before. I've then made her pizza and she hasn't then eaten it. So they oh, keep wow. you guessing. They keep you guessing. Well, I guess I have to look forward yep. to that. <laughs> yep. God. Basically, you, sometimes you can't <laughs> even give them what they want because they don't know what they want. And that's... The that's point is, all you got to do is try just your keep, best. Keep them alive. And if it doesn't work, that's just okay. Just keep them alive, Michael. Yeah. That's, that's try your best. You yeah. so, tomorrow, tomorrow's another day. <laughs> tomorrow's another day, yeah. Live to fight another day. All right, Matt. Well, we have two questions before we yes. end this podcast. So uh, I know I did like a really quick um, Instagram story yes. post asking if anyone has got any a whole questions. Two. And I, I got two questions. Yeah, we got a whole two questions. This is awesome. So let me, uh, I think I have a little sting here for like, oh, that's not it. Wait, let me see. Nope, that's not it. I'm sorry. I'm still getting used to this, this new, nope, that's definitely not it. We're doing the audio. There you go. 
Oh, there all we right. go. There you go. I'm doing all the music nice. now. All the sound. I like it. <laughs> so this is this is gonna be like my viewer, not viewer, listener mail. Love it. Thing. All right. So, um, in the Knicks asks uh, for your best dad joke. I'm terrible at this, so I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna try. Do you have? Do you have a dad joke? I, I, I wouldn't say. Like the the funny thing is, I come from a family of entertainers, so my dad is the ultimate dad joke guy. But I think because I grew I grew okay. up with it, I kind of resent dad jokes quite a lot. However, Daisy came up with a bit of a belter this morning that did make me laugh and would qualify as a dad joke. And Let's I think hear it. it was. And I'm gonna try and get it right. She said it at breakfast this morning. Well, okay. How did it go? It was something like, um, why did the frog's car... No. See, I'm, I'm terrible at these. It was something along the lines of, <laughs> what happened when the frog couldn't drive his car? It got okay. towed. Ah, hey, that's not too I, bad. I thought it was really good. That definitely qualifies. Yeah, that definitely qualifies, qualifies as a yeah, dad joke. Yeah, because normally Daisy's <laughs> jokes don't make sense at all. She just makes them up on the go. <laughs> yeah, this one actually You know, sense. she'd be like, why did the chicken cross the road? Because its butt was a, attached to a tree or something like that. You know, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But I, I, yeah. that's the first one that's ever made sense. And I was just like, touche. I quite like Dude, that's I very good. Like that. Yeah, there you go. I, I would count that. I definitely would count that, and I would write that down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah, use that. That's it. That's awesome. Don't deliver okay, like me, but second you know, question. Deliver it better than I did. But. Yeah, we we can work exactly. on the delivery, but I think that the, the bones are there, mm -hmm. right? So this one is from Alistair Alistair McRae. I hope I said your name right. Um, they ask, what is one tech product that you want that does not exist? Ooh. Oh, oh. I, I think there is definitely a tech product that I wish existed better. I don't know. If, I don't know about mm -hmm. existing because let's be honest, a lot of stuff's been done these days. But having sampled uh -huh. VR for the first time this year, I think when they started off the smart glasses, was it was it Google who did them? The smart yes, glasses, Google. like the Google yeah, glass. Yeah, like I think that was really just a video. Like, I want to see, I want to see like pop-up displays, like in Minority Report. Like I want that tech. Yeah. I want, yeah. I want to be able to have Siri or Alexa in my ear, to basically. Rumor has it, yeah. Rumor has it that Apple is working really? on one. I want to see mm -hmm. smarter smart That's glasses, and I want them to look like normal glasses. Like why? That's the problem. Why on, why on yeah. earth do smart glasses look like you're strapping on? like a wing to the side of your head. Like a sex toy Yeah, on like face. they're massive or they're just <laughs> weird shapes. Like if they could get smart glasses into a normal pair of glasses with bone conducting headphones and pop-up displays, yeah. a bit like a car, you know, when you, you know, you're driving in a very nice car, they've got the pop-up display that shows you your navigation and your speed. Like mm -hmm. I would really like them to have almost like sat-nav built into your glasses. Yeah, so I have a feeling that because it's hard to, to translate all that processing power mm. through like a little screen in your face. So I have a feeling my my feeling is that it will still be very reliant, like it will rely heavily on your yeah. phone. And what it is, it's a basically link. whatever your phone says, it's just sending the information to your glasses. I'm fine with that. So if you want real time weather, yeah, I'm fine with that too. So I think your that's a great idea. Um, mine. Yeah, my, my, my thing that I wish existed is actually kind of stupid, but, but I legitimately want it to exist. 
Um, so I have an iPad holder, yeah. right? So when I'm reading a teleprompter or if I just need to attach the iPad to something, I really wish there were, everything was just MagSafe. To be honest with you, I recently just found a tool for my phone to connect to like um, a stand. I love MagSafe. Through MagSafe. I so got that, my first ever yeah, MagSafe I, phone, it's amazing. Yeah, I hate the clips, the little yeah. clips that you have to, to try to, you know, put your phone in it. It's actually very, very annoying to you. So the piece of tech that I wish existed would be a universal thing where you can magnetically attach a phone and an iPad without having to use like special covers or or whatnot. And I know that's, you know, that's it's a tall order because everything has to be compatible. I don't right? think you've but, gone ambitious yeah, enough. I mean, we're Michael. talking about... I, I think you're talking about... I don't think I so think either, you're talking but about, that's, that's like, why I said General tech stuff. <laughs> this is general tech. I'm going to go big. I'm going to uh, go big. Okay, Flying okay, okay. cars. Well, because... Dude, we've been waiting, we've been waiting for exactly. flying cars since You we and kids. I are old enough to have lived through the greatest sci-fi era, 80s and 90s, where by mm -hmm. 2022, they had predicted that we probably would be living in this kind of like destroyed cyberpunk-esque kind of like <laughs> yeah. environment by now with <laughs> flying cars and yeah. stuff. How we have not figured out how to get propulsion done that not even just cars, but like the skateboards in Back to the Future. How we've yeah. not figured out with all of the resources we have to figure out an anti-gravity system. Well, the conspiracy is we have a Depresses me. But we don't want to make it public because it can be weaponized, right? So that's like the thing. It can be weaponized. And it can, it can, people can use it to just do bad I, things. I, just, I think that's the conspiracy. I want shit to float. I just want... I just, I just want, <laughs> no, I just want my shit to float. <laughs> floating skateboards. Okay, well, if we're thinking big, I will change my answer. Well, it's not really a tech product. It's not. But to go the sci-fi route, just like what you did, um, yep. Matt, I really wish we could clone dinosaurs. Jurassic I Park. want to see one in yep. real life. Yes, I want a real-life Jurassic the Park. Science minus the science seems so believable killing. in the films as well. Find yes. a dinosaur yes. in amber. Therefore, it's been perfectly genetically preserved. Preserved. And then you can pull yeah. out the DNA, put it into a pig, kind of ba bastardize the DNA, clone it, breed one. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I lost Matt. Why not? We'll see. Maybe, maybe they're just... Maybe they learned from the movies. Have you seen, have you seen the meme die. with um, Patrick Bateman from... Um, from American Psycho, where um, he's holding the magnet in front of the car, and the magnet pulls the car, and then it's like a self-perpetual propulsion system. I have he's not. like, but it, but it, but it won't work. Why not, you stupid bastard? And that's the meme, is like, <laughs> and you think, yeah, there's a, there's, I can kind of see <laughs> where they're coming from. <laughs> I can kind of see that. That's awesome. Well, Matt. That was a good chat. That was a good long chat. It was two we went hours. over two hours, and I think that was very fitting for two podcasts to. Um, I think so. To, to come we had together, a serious first yeah, half and, and like a more light-hearted nice second half, which is what we like. Yeah. Yes, exactly, and I think that was great overall. I loved it. I loved catching up, and we should do this again. Definitely, I'm going to have you on the Coffee with Creators podcast uh, very, very soon. I'm starting the new season. This is kind of like um, for both Matt and I. This is kind of like a, a little warm up. Mm. 
That's why this episode is special, a little bit longer. But um, since we're on both podcasts, this episode at least is on both yep. podcasts. Um, how about we we plug our, our our thing, right? Like, where can we where can the the listeners find you, Matt, or discover your yeah, podcast? Yeah, so I'm still paying twenty pound a month despite not putting any episodes out for the last <laughs> six months. Uh, so you can find the Dadcast on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts uh, and Apple Podcasts. So pretty much everywhere, Michael, that you want to listen to the Dadcast, and I still get people listening to it and tagging me and going this has been really good to listen to on my way up to wherever on the train and stuff. And I, I look at those and I think, damn it, I, I really need to do more of these because I think when when they're definitely a non-Instagram moan and it's just a general chat and have fun and have a laugh, I think people do get a lot from them and, you know, they can relate and um, and, and they love to pick up some bits as dads or mums or whatever and, and they can definitely relate. So, yeah, you can see all of my podcasts uh you can actually can see some of my podcasts on youtube if you want to catch up um i think from season two i started to do video like you did michael um Mm -hmm. so you can see them on youtube but um, if you want to listen to them probably spotify is the easiest place to pick it up just search for the dadcast yeah and we're in we should be going into season three so there's plenty for you to catch up on that's awesome so pretty much the same thing as as matt's but my podcast is called the coffee with creators Mm -hmm. podcast and um, yeah, you should be able to find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and even on YouTube. Now, although not all episodes are on YouTube, uh, most episodes on um, Spotify, most video episodes actually. So not all the episodes are in video format, but moving forward uh, since the last season, they have been. So if you prefer to watch it, you can watch it through Spotify and some of the episodes are available on YouTube. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this, Matt. And yep. um, as soon as this goes live, I will share it with my followers and audience. And that'd be great if you could do the same 100%. thing. And, you know, just... I have to remember yeah. how to do it. Awesome. I've not uploaded a podcast in a long time. And I did switch. <laughs> I, mean, I switched while, from... Because I worked with um, um, a hosting service. It used to be with Buzzsprout. And um, then I worked with um, uh, an, another one that gave me kind of two months free and now i'm paying for it but i've never uploaded an episode using their software yet because obviously i stopped recording so it's going to be a challenge have you tried anchor um i haven't tried anchor. the one that i Lib- the libsyn is the one i'm anchor? using at the moment okay, okay but okay. um so i like anchor i mean it pushes everything out and you know it's yep. free uh everything seems to be working out fine i need so. to do that yeah that's great all right cool. well thank you so much matt i hope thank you have you. a wonderful and night and get some rest it's just yeah yeah thank 10 you. past 12 um, here now so it's a it's a nice late finish it's not too bad yeah it's not too bad remember when the first time we did this with chelsea you were like you were up to like two o'clock in I, the morning I, that's because i created a podcast after being on your show uh, that's right so yeah like, right uh, the, the birth the birth of the dad it was, cast it was, at it that was time, yeah. birthed from the coffee with creators club <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's wonderful. Well, it was great catching up. We should totally. do this more often. Definitely, we will. Yeah. So, um, thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you guys again really, really soon. Hey, I got that one.